0: Hello, and welcome to the BNY Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Owen Shannon. Joining me is the carpet extractor, Mark Gorski. How are you?
1: Uh, it's a good week for gaming, Owen. Uh, I'm happy to be here to talk with you, my favorite guy, the the number two gamer on the BNY Gaming Podcast about games today.
0: I'll take number two in this case. Um, you may be thinking, like, he always introduces the DM first as he's switching it up this week. Kind of. Peter's not here. It's the first Me and Mark episode, which is kind of unbelievable. There's, I think there's been multiple Me and Peter episodes. There's been one episode that Peter gives me shit for because it was like it was 85% you and Peter. I just had surgery. I did not plan to talk very much because it was specifically throat surgery. Uh... And Peter claims that I just took over the episode. Well, I'll have you all know. I listened back to that episode very recently. And I said about three sentences for the entire first 50 minutes. And then it was back when we had a different topic structure. So it was a little more difficult to get longer episodes out of it. And you guys were about to stop at 50 minutes. And then I came in quick and just asked a couple questions for about 15. And then Peter, Peter claims I just took over it. Like, way to have an episode without Owen.
1: Like, the only thing I see about it is like, it's like you said you weren't going to show up to the party, but then you came to the party and you just stood in the room. Yeah. Like, well, but your presence was there. Like, sure, you, you, I, I won't say. You you talked a lot like Peter will. I I accept uh, you did the research. The data is there. You talked as little as you did. But it was not what we were
0: expecting. Well, here's the thing. Is that I had to show up to the party. Because at that point, we... I mean, everything was through me recording the audio. Mm -hmm. So, I had to be there. And also, the advantage to being the producer who's also on the show is so that I then don't have to like go back and listen to the sometimes three hour episodes over again. Like I, I mark down if there's something I have to like fix while I'm on the show.
1: That's fair. That's um, a professional way to do it.
0: Yeah. So I, technically I, what I did just show up to the party and stand there, but, uh, it's how it had to be because most parties aren't aren't getting recorded and released for consumption
1: as far as we know some people might just have a computer turned on their webcams right there on it's a different world we live in right now i'm i'm Owen's sure awkward. i'm sure if we like
0: looked into youtube party content like it exists it yeah. has
1: to i would be shocked if it doesn't but um like, I'll throw on live streams of just people recording their fires, like their fireplace, just sharing that live. So I'm sure someone is just streaming their parties as well somewhere. I actually, I would love like
0: clear, uncut party footage because I find myself more and more a fan of uh, things that are way underproduced. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't really care about the the fancy vlog you just put together. I'd prefer to just like see uncut footage of, of you having a coffee and just like saying what comes to mind. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's not interesting, but other times
1: I find it quite interesting. Like we're we're diving into a non games tangent, but I do have to say like Nathan for you, the smokers smoker for you episode where they have the bar and they they want to make sure that this business can yeah so smoke cigarettes in there so that they turn into a theatrical performance to write off like oh they're smoking in here because it's a work of art but they just bring in people to watch normal people smoke I would unironically go watch smokers for you I, I thought that was so neat and everyone laughs at me and like Mark you're part of the problem here you're one of the fools Nathan could sell <laughs> a rock to but I no nah, I think there's something here I kind of agree like
0: partly because i do the youtube thing i really like finding small youtubers just for fun and it's not like ai am gonna be i'm not gonna be the commenter that is like wow like you're so underrated or something i just kind of want to <laughs> see what's going on uh-huh. um and there there's one dude that he was another person that made like a is gaming isn't fun anymore video um uh-huh. and those those videos just kill for some reason and he is getting a ton of subscribers off it his channel is called exiled if anyone's curious i mean i might as well give him a a shout out gaming Mm -hmm. channel and uh he just has like he has the type of channel where he's thrown everything against the wall anything that comes to mind he has like over 100 videos um and when I look at a channel like that, I'm not looking for, like, okay, what are your best? I want to see your best videos. I immediately went to, like, his, like, channel update videos. And, and it's just like, I just want to hear him talk about, like, what he thinks he's doing. And I want to see if I agree with him, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, there's definitely something, like, extremely parasocial about that. But, uh, I don't know, who cares? I, I don't think the
1: dude's my friend. I, I talked like his life like his life updates of like what's keeping him from uploading or just like what his vision for the channel is.
0: It's it's a little bit of both. Although I, a shout out to this dude, I mean like extremely extremely prolific. Like there is no explanation as to why videos aren't coming out because they're coming out. hmm Um despite it all. Against the odds. Yeah. Uh shout out exiled check them out if you want but I I am also like I'm I'm weird whenever someone releases their video that it's like it's different than their normal content and it's just it's titled like let's talk it always has like thousands of less views than their normal stuff I'm I'm one of the few
1: that's watching that video and I'm like super interested <laughs> mm. That's interesting. I mean, you're putting your stuff out there too. Seeing what everyone else is doing, whether it's just the competition or just inspiration, I totally understand that. And I, uh,
0: I would like to think that it's it's even a little bit more than just the fact that it's something I'm interested in. Like, eh, maybe maybe it's my love of podcasts. Where podcasts just kind of give people a platform to just talk about whatever, like we're doing right now. We should be talking about games. Um you don't get that flavor all the time on youtube youtube is often very like this is what the video is about and i'm i'm going to talk for 45 minutes too long in this hour long video about that thing mm-hmm. um anyways this this is actually a good kickoff we're we're calling this the pretentious episode cuz we don't have peter with us so we have to take advantage of that and talk in the ways that Peter doesn't doesn't really allow us to talk.
1: Mm-hmm. Peter's so mean on this podcast. He only yells at us. That's what he likes to do here: <laughs> yell at us specifically,
0: yell at us. And you know, at this point, I I don't even think I want to hear his opinions on on near automata. Like whatever he's gonna say
1: about it, like is it is it worth anything to the world? Like. Ultimately, I want him to have to sit down and listen to me talk about Neuraton at this point. And like he will be forced because he has played the game to understand what I'm trying to say. (laughs) And that's the closure I just need. That that might actually
0: That might be the perfect idea of not only make him finish the game, but when he finishes he's not allowed to come on the podcast. About <laughs> like he just has to listen to your thoughts about
1: it. That's amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'd be like, Peter, we're skipping you for what you've been playing today because we just don't give a shit figuring out when he plays it. And he'll just say, motherfucker, why would you have me play this game if this is what it's going to come to? I do all this. I work so hard spending a year playing this game. And I'll say, too bad. I'm just going to play XCOM, Peter. And then you can do the same to me. You got the of his predictions the easiest guesses i say easiest Uh, some of his guesses like his predictions let's talk some shit about peter and his predictions picking that the switch is going to be one of the best-selling consoles at getting certain like numbers i felt like was kind of like i don't know if i want to say a slam dunk pick uh and then also saying psvr2 wasn't going to come out this year also i feel like was a low-hanging fruit
0: the other thing that I still need to listen back to it, because I can't believe that I let this slide as part of the uh, like ruling for his prediction, is saying that I would love Horizon Forbidden West. It will make my top 10. Of course it'll fucking make my top 10. Like, how many games am I playing?
1: <laughs> yeah, fair. If it was, like, top three, maybe that would have been the best way to frame it. But, you know, this is... Something we have to understand for next year going into it.
0: Yeah. And also because of it, he's ultimately going to take the fun out of the predictions because now I, I approached the prediction episode, assuming there were no stakes and that we were all just going to like try and have a fun goofy time. No, like now I need to go into next year and, and predict that uh, the next edition of the rtx 40 series is gonna sell a lot Mm -hmm. and does that prediction get anyone excited no of course not
1: but it will get peter to play bullies and that's what really matters exactly exactly i'm just gonna predict playstation's gonna release video games you know or or i could probably get away with saying xbox release video games and everyone will say you know what that's fair that's on the
0: table yeah you you could maybe get that prediction wrong Uh uh-huh
1: there was recently uh kind of funny does their kind of foodie thing where they were getting a survey out there and i felt very proud of myself by being a part of the survey and they asked uh what game is phil spencer really good at and my answer was the waiting game and i hope that shows up in, like the actual <laughs> result
0: i just uh, i did that survey i did not answer every question because there are some questions where it's like i think i'm I would just muddy the pile if I answered like I can't do it genuinely. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember
1: that question. It was just Monday, I think. This one, I I saw the link for this this video, Or I don't know if it's the same one that you might have filled out. If it was not this week, oh well, I don't know. I assume it was the same one.
0: I mean, I, I just saw it like probably a week it or two ago. Been. Um, I uh, the answer I was proud of it was. Name a game with a sex scene in it, and I said The Sims Three.
1: Hey, (laughs) that's really good.
0: Um, I I genuinely, besides The Last of Us Part Two, I couldn't think of any other ones.
1: I think of God of War Three. That's a pretty iconic one. Where it's Um, literally I've never played God of War Three. I I mean, I feel like I shouldn't have played God of War Three because it was my first God of War game, but here I am. And technically. Could you say San Andreas with
0: hot coffee? Maybe. Probably could get away with it. I'm sure that'll probably be one of the answers for it. I'll never hear it because I, I don't subscribe to their Patreon, so I never hear the post shows.
1: But I, I never do either. I'd like to think maybe maybe in a world where they just want to share a, a clip bit of like, hey, this is what's going on here.
0: My answer There is right was there. one Gamescast where they made it the whole episode. They just played Kind of Feudy the whole time. I, I actually thought it was a great time. <laughs>
1: I and mean, it's a good selling point right there, just being like, "Hey, here's what's happening behind the curtain, guys. Come in, come in." Um, I
0: just I liked the style of the fact that they they did it for for a whole episode and were keeping score. Like I imagine their post shows are just, you know, they do it for like ten minutes and then they're done or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, okay, housekeeping episodes each Monday. Uh, game club game is Rayman Legends, and encourage you to write in. At bnygamingpod.com or not.com. I just completely made that up. bnygamingpod at gmail.com. Right in. We, we want to foster community here. And how can we do that if we're not hearing from the community? How? We're going to talk about Donkeys, video game publisher, big mode today. We're also going to talk about the Game Club games that we would pick if we didn't have to deal with Peter. What we've been playing, as well as a nice pretentious topic about our temperature check on the state of narrative games lately. This is a whole episode like, you know, Peter just couldn't hang with us. It just wouldn't be able to work. Let's get into topic one. So Video Game Donkey, big YouTuber, we all know him. Some, most of us love him I love Donkey. I, I, I don't care what the haters say what for the, the record Peter not a Donkey fan so this is fine to not uh, have him around D- Dunkey started making videos like he knows everything and I just stopped liking him um, yeah no. Wh- whenever Donkey decides to enter like smart mode I'm always very impressed so I like it I think he gets the floor I think he's really good at articulating his thoughts mm-hmm. um well some people would debate that claim because it was right before recording last episode actually. And we didn't really think much of it. Like Mark, you mentioned it beforehand, but, um, donkey announced his new video game publisher, big mode, which the video was an announcement of how him and Leah, his partner have been working on making this happen. They want to publish indie games, but a lot of the video had to do with the fact of like for years he's played the most games and he's played the best games and he's become a pretty good judge of them. So now he wants to help get the games that he thinks will be great off the ground. And man, oh man, did people have a lot of problems with this. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, of course, I don't for, understand it. For some reason uh, here is this man saying there I I want to help video games be made and gaming Twitter took it as an opportunity to just have a field day and mm-hmm. basically talk about how much of an idiot he is for thinking he can do this and it turned into it really was, it was really only a conversation for about 2 days. We're talking a, a little bit of a uh, after the fact here, but I still think it's worth talking about I could probably find some old tweets of some of the stuff that was being said. Like I saw H bomber guy who I like, and I think is a smart person. He tweeted like, why doesn't someone just make a publisher where they only release good games? Oh wait, that's already happening. It's like, great dude. Like that was, that was the lowest hanging fruit of a joke. You're, you're real funny for that one. Mm -hmm. Um, I saw someone talking about how oh this is an indie game dev lol donkey starting a publishing company with the ethos I have played so many games I know what makes them good and bad so I will only publish good ones about to learn some stuff the hard way or uh Danny O'Dwyer which is uh, this is kind of a 50-50 take of Hey, man, I respect Dunkey for trying to start a publishing business and wish him and his partner the best. But for fuck's sake, lads, it's 2022. We got to drop the naive shtick that having opinions on games is a qualification for understanding just about anything about development. <sighs> what good do these takes do?
1: it's like the the Danny O'Dwyer take on it i feel like is a mixed bag because like i think there is there is a reason to like express concern like of course obviously donkey has not uh, taken a step into this territory before he's never published something like that and everyone in games media or the industry wants to, everyone to know just how difficult it is to make a game and it's they, they reiterate this because it's it's absolutely true it is so difficult it is so expensive uh, so I think it's okay to understand, like, cautiously, being like, hey, this might be really hard. We won't know until his first project really kind of lands, or if it lands. But that's really kind of like this talking down perspective there, uh, of really just saying, uh, why does he think he can do this? Like, this is not the same thing. And I don't know, like, the donkey wasn't really, I don't think he come to sound as, like, a really condescending kind of point, like, Necessarily saying everyone is doing it wrong. He, he, I feel like I can't tell if it's like a bit or not throughout the video where he's clearly putting himself up on like this high pedestal of saying how much he knows games. He knows what makes a game good uh, because he's played only the best stuff and shares only the best stuff. Uh, or I think he's just really trying to sell himself with his own reputation. But also I can't tell when he's joking. Like even I like to look back at some of his his own content, like his Metroid Dread review if you remember that where he's mixed on like kind of being serious but also making jokes and if by the end of it your heart it's hard to tell like what <laughs> was he being serious about what was a joke uh or i think that's something donkey can play the line on of uh, his seriousness and his uh lighthearted humor it's kind of jest. uh but i, I feel like he, he, like I do believe uh, he really wants to do something here, and he's not trying to say like people are always making the worst stuff. I think he's mostly pointing at like Steam, uh, where there's just thousands of games that aren't so hot mm-hmm. uh, versus necessarily like oh uh, X Y Z game from AAA company came out and it's uh, not interesting whatsoever. Like I don't think this is a jab at most developers. I could be wrong by any means. Like I can't speak for sure, but um uh like there's there's definitely reason to be concerned but not definitely go on to say like these these youtubers like i I point at youtubers because i feel like uh that's that's a perspective that i I feel like in the past historically has kind of made comments on game development where they don't they're not sure what they're talking about but i like I feel like Dunkey is not just some guy who feels like he can take a spin at games and will just be completely caught off guard when he realizes how difficult it's going to be. Yeah. Like I I trust that he understands what he's getting into. Not that that guarantees success by any means, but uh I don't think he's that clueless going into it. I feel like I of, of anybody, I trust him to take a, sp- uh, a spin at the wheel here more than many others. So, so-
0: I'm I'm gonna keep reading tweets here for a minute, uh, uh-huh. and we're gonna go to my uh, my own tweets in a second. Ooh, exciting! Um, uh, today, this this guy I follow on Twitter, his at is Doc Squiddy. He's a game dev and a critic, and I don't always agree with him, but I I typically respect his takes a lot. Um, someone asked his take, I and he said, saying, "Quote: I'm going to do something no one's ever done before and only support good games." Makes me worried he would really struggle to see games in early rough stages, so he would only fund projects near the end of development. I don't know if his expectations are realistic. I think in my response, he thought I was taking a shot at him, even though I, I made it very clear that I wasn't. Because I started it with, not saying you're doing this. Um, but then I said, many seem to be mistaking his goofy persona for him being a moron. And I'm pretty sure he's an intelligent guy, which doesn't guarantee success, but he probably knows what in-development games looks like, what in-development games look like, and has considered many potential pitfalls. And then the reason I think he thinks I was taking a shot at him is because he said, I think I'm doing a very good job. I I think I'm doing a very good job doing the opposite of this, which I, you know, they limit your characters. I tried to make that clear. Um. And then uh, I just followed up with like, "Yes, clear, measured take." And I said, "Most others see this as an opportunity to dunk on him, no pun intended." But then again, maybe it was intended. Mm-hmm. Other tweet I want to read uh, is from Merrit K. I believe she's a former Fanbite person, but I may be wrong there.
1: You are correct. Um, she's not former. She's still at Fanbite. Oh, Actually. still at
0: Fanbite. Yes. Uh, I don't fully agree with the authoritativeness of this take, but there's stuff to take away from it. She tweeted, on the one hand, being a good critic doesn't necessarily make you a good designer or producer. On the other, I think a lot of people in video games still have uncool kid syndrome, so when a hugely popular figure like Dunkey shows up and is really brash and confident, they resent it.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: think there is something to the fact that dunky showed up brash and confident and everyone decided that they had to try and take their shot at him. Mm-hmm. I'm not, like, i I'm not I'm not going to fully co-sign like the uncool kid syndrome thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But uh this is not the first time that this type of thing has happened with dunky like in in all I believe he has two games media videos where he talks about like the issues going on within games media where he is mostly on the money. When those videos came out games media then had their fun of trying to take shots at him the whole time. And guess what? Dunkey is bigger than like all of these people could ever imagine. And you know what? It's not unearned. Like I think he's actually better than majority of people you see in games media and his position would indicate that mm-hmm. so there is just a level of like kind of because he's the king people want to take shots at him and i think most of the shots miss overall
1: i think Dunky has like in those game critic videos and a couple of his other reviews he's made some enemies out there uh and really stood by some of his takes where whether it is like what he feels about games media. And over the past couple of years, he's made enemy with a lot of JRPG fans because there's a lot of things about JRPGs that he hates and thinks are like objectively bad, but they're actually aspects of JRPGs that people love on the regular. Uh, Even like he's kind of making some comments about the farming games that he thought all look like shit in the Nintendo Direct, even though like it's at their core, they seem like pretty safe, fair farming games. And maybe that's what he's trying to get at with his take, saying like, they're not interesting, they're not different enough. But the way he kind of articulates there, like when he says they are bad, is just flat out awful. Uh, And maybe there's some disconnect there. But uh, the donkey doesn't back down from his takes a lot of the time. And maybe maybe that's, I think, maybe a good part of a good critic is standing by what you've said uh, to to a certain degree. But uh, I could see why some people are hesitant to uh, trust him in this way. Like under, just understanding why they would maybe feel this way, but at the end of the day, I don't think that's a reason to like really lash out against him in this way, like like we're saying other people are. I feel like some people's criticism here is just way more harsh than it needs to be. And whether that's because uh Donkey has become your enemy to some degree, he has said something that you don't like, or rather just, oh, YouTuber who has never walked into game developer thinks he can do it just as easily because he has played games. Uh, maybe there's something about that take they don't like. Uh, I feel like people have angles to not trust Donkey or trust anyone coming from that background, really. But the way they kind of go about expressing that kind of, uh, I don't want to say pessimism, but uh, reason to not be super confident in what he's doing or be cautious about what's going on. Uh, I think people are really kind of dropping or dropped the ball, not dropping. It was like a couple days and people stopped talking about it. Like, I don't want to make it blow on. Like there's a whole war going on, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like the initial reaction was just way stronger from some people than it really needed to be.
0: Yeah. I think, I, I mean, the correct take here is that uh, it may or may not work. It's worth a try and I'm interested to see what he does. Like I, I don't. The only reason I have opinions beyond that is because other people made me have those opinions. Mm-hmm. I watched the video and just thought, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah,
1: I saw it was excited at the premise. Like, wow, what kind of games is Dunky going to really like capitalize on and really put out there? Uh, just excited to see the work that he wants to do and put out there. Not think of like the consequences. Of like oh someone else thinks he's going to do this. Is like he going to do it and then just talk shit about everyone who can't do it as well as he can? Like, is that what's going to happen? Like, well, I don't ma- think maybe. And also, if if he does it, I think it would be funny. <laughs> like, I, I think it depends on who he's pointing at and li- like punching down on. Like some devs, maybe I could be like, okay, haha, we can we can punch down on them. Perhaps maybe not. That they would be punching down in these examples, but uh I think it would really depend. Versus just like, I've done this and you cannot. Ha ha. Look at me. It's like, I don't know. This is just a hard thing to do. People have tried. Sometimes some projects have more eyes on them than people may have even wanted to do or wanted to have. And they were ready for. And and donkeys just came in ready. I don't know.
0: I, uh, I, I know you do. You don't agree with me on this, but I, I long for days where, media people were a little more combative with each other in the sense that like it's not a dog pile type of thing like someone like roger ebert when he would review a movie poorly he he would say it to the filmmaker's face and like maybe even add a little venom on top of that just for mm-hmm. the fun of it and like i kind of miss. Uh, even though I wasn't really around for it, I've just kind of seen old clips of it. Like the theater around that of like, yeah, I mean this this dude's job is to critique movies, and he's uh he's telling the filmmaker right to their face that he he would have rather been tortured than
1: watch the movie again. <laughs> like, uh-huh. like i I don't mind him, especially i I did a lot of, uh, I looked into him a lot for a senior project in high school. Like the way he would talk about games, like he was super dismissive about them as an art form. Like there yes, was a whole was. controversy late two thousands, where people just were so angry with him that he would dare say such a thing. But to the end of his days, he stood by it. Like I've uh, like,
0: I I have an old video about this, and I've probably said it on the pod before. While I don't agree with him, I I still think that the way that his take is just like wholesale dismissed without considering it whatsoever i think is a mistake Mm -hmm. because i i I think sometimes games fall into traps that he kind of illustrates within the piece Mm
1: -hmm. like i i at the time 10 years ago vehemently disagreed with him modern day i don't necessarily disagree with him i i feel like it's very insightful where he just says like like ultimately like Games are asking too much of a player, of a person. Uh, at times, they're just so interactive. You have to teach someone how to go about it uh, that it can't necessarily be art because of that. Like, that plays a big part into it, and I think that is a huge barrier of it. Like, I can't go... Like, I love Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I can't go around saying, like, everyone has to play this because of how demanding it is. Like, I can't expect someone to just be like, hey, you have to learn this complex battle system and then also invest 70 hours into it to really get it you know like, and that's it's a lot no I, movie will ever ask anything nearly as much as you I, know but Chronicles would.
0: i think there's something to that and also the fact that we can't possibly have a, a uniform experience with the game pretty much mm-hmm. like whatever whatever version of elden ring you played was different than the one i played Mm-hmm. we played the same game but we had completely different experiences which is the cool part of games but uh if, if we're getting into the pretentious art talk it does complicate it
1: a bit oh for sure and like how do you critically analyze that experience that if it's so different set from everyone else like it, it's, it's almost hard because i feel like there's a lot of like uh games i think you you even said and maybe even sometimes i would agree sometimes can be really trying to go for more of this artsy traumatic experience or like maybe more sad or trying to really focus on a topic that maybe feels really heavy handed or something, but it can like can resonate with people Mm -hmm. in such a way in a mechanical way. Like in a movie, of course I feel like it's way easier to kind of identify it individually. We're all in the same places, but like uh, going through the motions of it, Uh, some people could play certain games and just feel nothing from it. while others can super resonate from it. Like I think, uh, have you ever played Sybil or do you know enough about it? No I've yeah. never played it like it's a very short game just going over like some uh the creator Nina Freeman's like experience dating someone through an MMO and you you play through their character uh and you're throughout the mission just kind of dming some friends you know in the game uh playing alongside this person and like their behaviors in the game is supposed to really mean something but like that totally is gonna go over someone's head I a lot of people's head. Uh, Like it's just like oh, just kind of moving to the game. Just the gameplay is very minimal. It's not like you're actually playing some spoof MMO. Like it's it's very bare minimum just to get a couple points across, and that's just going to be a whole lot of nothing to something, or even just walking sims. Just the whole idea that there's so many people with the ticket they don't even feel like they are real games. Mm -hmm. As much as I disagree with that, but like, uh, that that's enough of a vehicle to to get a lot of ideas across. I've I've always hated the walking sim takes mm-hmm like uh, peter and some i mean obviously doesn't feel this way anymore I, I think i might even mention this in the last episode of the podcast but uh him and a friend of ours had some um, immortality takes about how that isn't even a game and how the tables have turned now they're very different world we live in now uh where our bubble of friends uh feels on that game so
0: um Last point I'll make because we've gotten far off of big mode, but I'm enjoying the talk. Um, I don't want to be mistaken when you have the games as art talk. All of the art assets, the music, so much of what's being designed within the game is art in its own right, yet I do think that there is some sort of weird thing that happens when you combine all those things together and you turn it into an experience how how broad do we want that definition of whatever art is to be because well like we're saying like a painting you anyone can get like different emotions out of a painting i guess but we're all still looking at the same thing. And it, there is no there is no trick like, oh, well, did you flip around the painting in the museum? Did you see the thing that's on the back? Mm-hmm. That's not happening in any mm-hmm. other form besides video games. Video games is all about flipping around the painting.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Sometimes you got to buy the the extra booster pack painting that's in the back, which costs $5, didn't release the same time the first (laughs) painting came out. That really, really emphasizes how good the first painting actually was. Just not there.
0: Exactly. So when we say that that is a possibility and we can't really enter into very many conversations about games where we understand that we've all had a uniform experience um I don't know it just kind of leaves you in a nebulous space and I'm not going to come out fully with the take of like it makes it not art but it just it definitely makes it more complicated than anyone typically gives it credit for yeah
1: more complicated than it needs to be like I feel like some people really argue for like that valid like the validity of that aspect of games like games are really meaningful this way but it's like they they are but not everyone's going to see it that way and that's okay and it's the barrier of entry is way higher than anything as simple as like appreciating music on a certain level or appreciating film on a level, novels, of uh, painting, art, whatever you name it. Like I've, every single one has their own barrier of entry, but I feel like games are arguably the most complicated on the most on the on the most fundamental level versus some art show gallery, and you just really can't interpret what someone's trying to do with whatever weird. Uh, they've put together what might look like garbage to someone versus i can't beat this game i can't figure out what to do or oh there's i have to download this and install it a certain way i don't know it's it's weird we might talk about it more later for the third topic who's to say yeah
0: i mean i i warned you that's the pretentious episodes strap in everyone if if you don't have your seatbelt on yet you need it all right let's get into the second topic this one, we we didn't really prep for. We came up with it last second, right before the episode. But I'm sure we can come up with some stuff on the fly. The Game Club games we would be playing if we didn't have to get it past Peter. Um, I'll open up the floor here and just say... Uh, these games would be allowed to be new... And it would also be allowed that one person can have played it as long as they're willing to replay it
1: on top of it. All, I think I would even pitch things like, Hey, we've both played this, but I know we both want to replay it. And Peter hasn't played some of these also that I think would be cool to revisit them, but would also never pass the Peter barrier of entry. You know
0: what? Yeah, I'm done. I, I game club can be used for so much more than it's currently being used for. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Right now we get to live in the world where it's being used in that way. Um, I'll, I'll also open up with the first game because it's an easy one. Argued with him about it a couple months ago. I would put God of War Ragnarok there because we're all going to be playing it. We're all mm-hmm. just going to play it. So <laughs> why not have a game club discussion about it? it? Makes too
1: much sense to me. Not enough to him. Even off... The pod Peter has brought it up to me again, and he still feels exactly the same way as he did. That it just isn't special uh, if we're all just playing this game. Like it's not it's, a, it's not the same. We're just going to throw it into the game club, uh, and we're all obviously going to like it more. It's not about just trying something new, but at the same time, uh, I think it could still be fun uh, to throw it in there. Like like the the only part on that example that I think is skewed is that I f- would feel weird that like. For our ranking list, I, I imagine it would just sit at the top for most of us.
0: I think it would Probably be near
1: would, the top. Yeah, I don't think it would be my number one. I don't, I don't think, think it would be I your
0: number one. I think it would be my number one just because mine is still Psychonauts one. So, yeah. like,
1: <laughs> I, don't, I don't I think Peter would end up liking Ragnarok more than he likes Transistor as well. Maybe not. Transistor kind of caught him off guard. It did.
0: Although, I mean, like, control didn't dethrone psychonauts 1 for me you would think that that would be like a gimme but it wasn't
1: mm-hmm. like i don't know exactly where the god of war 2018 uh sits in peter's favorite games of all time i felt like he really really likes he though. has
0: claimed that it's number one i'm not sure if i to- totally buy it anymore but um i i don't know i Whenever someone declares definitively that something is their number one, I always doubt it. This is not
1: a unique thing to Peter. I feel like it has to be like a year or two removed from that game coming out before I really confidently believe someone. Like, sure, in the heat of a moment, but it really has to pass the test of time. Yeah, Uh, I completely agree. And a minor tangent, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, still passing the test of time. I still like the game. Only a couple months. It's It's made it about two months here. Two months so far. So we'll see. I'll give monthly updates. <laughs> is Xenoblade 3 still passing? Uh, and hopefully it still will. We'll see. We'll see. All right. But, what's, uh, what's one I, you're thinking of? Uh, definitely going to go off the, the rule set I threw in of just a game we have played but would love to replay. And granted, this game is very long. And maybe other Game Club games could happen and like we would get to it when we get to it. But I would love to have an episode where we just sit down appreciating Red Dead Redemption 2, a game. That really is probably one of the best games ever made, and I I know I desperately want to go back to replaying it. I know you were a big fan of it, so I, I think and I do want to replay it. Yeah, and if we did that for the pod, I think we could have been, I mean, You know, we can even just say unofficially, not even the game club thing. We just do it for the pod at some point, and Peter has to fucking deal with it. He can get on the train with us. It's two against one here. We just have one topic, just so it's like it's Red Dead Redemption recapped episode. I would be down. Uh,
0: now you're you're just a better game player than I am. So like even the first mm-hmm. time I played through it, I struggled with the length of it. But uh, at the same time, I almost think it's the type of thing that will be better on replay because now, now that I, I know the journey that I go through with Arthur Morgan in that game, mm-hmm. now I just
1: want to go back and appreciate it more than anything like I was definitely trying my best to just get through it as quickly as I could because there there is some slogs I felt like through it where I I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did by the end of it Uh, like definitely I want to say around like the first half like the first quarter even there's some parts of the game that are just really slow you're really learning the systems of the game and some of those systems involve just being moving through the world as slowly as you possibly could which is all by design uh, that I just felt like, man, I got this game because it's the latest uh, rockstar game. People love it. I like the first one. It's probably going to be decent. There's no way I I don't think I would hate the game. And then upon finishing it and reflecting, I was just like, man, this is, this is really something special. And several tiers above a lot of other games around. And like they, I played it around a lot of roommates, and none of them seemed to really care for it for a lot of reasons. And sometimes I was on the same page just because a lot of the characters in the game were just, like, not the greatest people and not the most, t- t- sometimes not the most interesting to follow. By the end of the game, I certainly felt like most, if not all, the characters were very interesting and heartwarming, even though uh, a lot of them are dirtbags. But that is absolutely fine. I don't think that's a deterrent by any means. But yeah, we should we should keep an eye on that one. And maybe at some point, uh, wishful thinking that Peter would ever jump onto it. But it's really not.
0: It is wishful happen. thinking. He never even played the first
1: one. The, that's true. The you don't have to, that. though. He doesn't have
0: to play uh, the first one. That's, that. that's another weird hang-up of his. He's, like, never played the main story of Rockstar Games. I don't think any of them, to be honest.
1: No, I mean, he never... Did he own... He has his own GTA five, which I don't think... GTA five story is a must play. By I don't think games. so either. In fact, I think mean, it's extremely
0: forgettable. I thought it was really good when I was when I was a sophomore in high school. Um, nowadays, I look back on it and think like, eh, not that great.
1: I remember trying to appreciate it for as much as I could because I felt like I didn't really get it, and just looking to other people's criticism at the time, just like. Uh, really putting it on a pedestal for Rockstar really understanding how to implement satire into the game oh so this is something I'm just not appreciating like, oh, I take you for but in retrospect I'm like no I still even then I think it's kind of obnoxious at the, whole,
0: really the whole like oh it's Rockstar's thing that they lampoon society it's like tell me with a straight face that this is amazing satire because I, I yeah. don't really
1: think so Sometimes, Um, like with the radio stations, I can smile from what they've got going on, what they're just talking about randomly. But other times, it's just, I say other times, a lot of the time, it is just annoying. I roll my eyes. Like, even though we're satirizing, this is still an annoying thing to be
0: talking They have their moments. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's it's just not as, like, revelatory as people pretend it is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not
1: not that uh i thought i would say like heartfelt or moving i don't think it's ever trying to be that a lot of satire maybe isn't even trying to be that but just not something that really resonates with me or resonates with me at all fortunately red dead not trying to do that at all and Rockstar rocks are to shine there i don't know if bully what bully does really i, I would have to take your word on that um
0: <laughs> bully is uh it, it is, it is definitely somewhat of a, like, s- what a high school looks like satire, or at least what it was believed to have looked like back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be interested to see how it ages, but, like, it, it's not, I think that there's, like, more going on beyond that. While GTA five seemed like it was full satire, I look back and I think the GTA Four story, I think, is legitimately good. Um, I remember it.
1: Yeah. But that was definitely a game I can speak when Peter and I, I we got it. We did not touch the story. We went to, immediately to the cheat codes and we're just messing around. That just
0: That's another game. I, I've i actually wanted to replay that for a long time. Um, But that's not my next pick here. My next pick is I would like to be a little more experimental with the type of games that we play because we typically do something that has a big story to it because it it's just kind of easier to talk story but i would like to test us with a systems-based game we have a timer set like we all have to hit like a certain hour count or something so that we can say like we we have had an experience with this game and the game i would pick is darkest dungeon
1: oh interesting he would never do that
0: he would never do it um tough but I just think ah, it would just be really interesting. And it would really it would really test us on our chops when it comes mm-hmm. to talking about games. Because sometimes you you think it's easy, but then you go to form words about a game and then they just don't come. And you start saying like, oh, this game is just, you know, it was really good and like all of a sudden you just formed the worst sentence that's ever that's ever come Uh out and it means nothing to anyone um Mm -hmm. it's games like darkest dungeon that like keep you on your toes
1: with that i think the thing we would struggle with the most is that someone would be really behind and be pressured to try to finish that game and that's just a game no matter how hard you try (laughs) to finish it in a short period of time the game's just going to be way more difficult. Granted, there's some accessibility well, options where you can kind of tweak the difficulty. Part that's, of like, that would just be brutal.
0: That's why I'm saying Darkest Dungeon does not strike me as a game that it's about beating it. It's about playing it. Uh-huh. Um, it So, is. like, if we just... We would not beat the game within 20 hours, but if we said, like, our timer is set at 20 hours and once we've all hit that mark we're able to talk about it, mm-hmm.
1: I think that would be... Acceptable in this case. Um, I think I think the game I want to suggest next also fits in the same category but different genre, uh, and that would be the Witness, a game I was never able to beat, but I I would love to hear just Peter's story trying to go through this game. But it would ultimately just be I gave up after the second puzzle, looked up a guide. I have nothing else to say about it. Yeah. No, I don't. Like
0: it. Yeah, but, I agree. And also, I I would definitely. I would hit a mark where I would have to default to a guide because I just wouldn't be good enough to figure it out. You would yeah. probably stick with it as much as you could, but if you ever wanted to have an episode about it, maybe, maybe you wouldn't be able to pull it off. Although the big thing of the witness has been spoiled for me, of course. I'm sure it's been spoiled for you, up and down. I
1: don't know what it is, actually. Really? I don't like. If I do know what it is, I've forgotten or don't really recognize it as a big thing, but uh no, I don't know. I just know the whole game is like an interconnected puzzle uh and it's there's I don't not the strongest sense of direction if any really to that points you from one puzzle to the next. I did a little bit of the game, but I absolutely just got stuck and was not sure what the hell I needed to do uh to progress at all. Uh and I didn't want to look it up, so I put it down uh, kidding myself. I'll get back to it and then tackle it again. But no, that game really just beat me. And I moved on to something else and never went back to it.
0: Um, I was really into it when it first came out because everyone was talking about it. And I that was also my era of like, oh yeah, everyone's talking about this cool game and I'm going to be on the cutting edge floor. It was like the first time I was ever kind of experiencing that with games. And I had a notebook and everything and the notebook didn't didn't help with anything uh which pretty much is always the case like how how many times have you had a notebook and actually had it come in handy playing a game i
1: think i think of twice Uh, I remember doing it. I remember... And it's mostly the only time I take notes for a game like that is where, at the beginning of a game, they dump dozens of characters on you all at once, and I just want to remember their names. So I will just write down their names uh, to help remember. I did that during... When I first played Three Houses, they just show you all the kids. I'm like, I know I will probably remember all your names after, like, seven chapters, but I want to remember them right now. So I wrote down all the names. And then 13 Sentinels, Aegis Rim... There's just 13 characters and 13 storylines you're juggling. Characters sometimes show up in different stories. You play a game out of order. Uh, I felt like it was very important to just write down the names just to try to help remember, because that game can be very uncohesive, depending on how you go into it, which I still highly recommend, by the way, Owen. Maybe that game fits into this category as well, but I don't know if Peter's the only one stopping that from happening. Of course. 13 Sentinels?
0: Yes. Well, I mean, it's it's your predictions that's stopping that from happening
1: that's true fuck that's right god damn it um
0: i uh i mean i'd I'd be down i think there's only one uh, one other type of game i want to recommend because i don't actually really have one in mind but i would want to play a zelda and i know you've played almost all of them but maybe i'd even (laughs) force you to play a 2d one maybe have you ever played through A Link to the Past? No, never have. I've played Link Between Worlds, but never have I played Link to the Past. I mean, even though you're not the biggest fan of that style of game, and frankly, I don't think I really am either, but maybe I just haven't found the one that speaks to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's what Game Club is for. It's out of the comfort zone. We get to try this game, and... Uh, Far our thoughts on, but Peter would never do that. Peter wouldn't do it. Absolutely not.
1: I feel like he would maybe appreciate a two D Zelda more than he would a three D Zelda because a, he didn't watch me play those games a million times, uh, and b, I feel like they are gamey enough. Arguably, I don't maybe simple enough isn't the right word, but uh, and simple enough, uh, for Peter to appreciate them. Other I puzzles. Actually, what am I talking about? No, I'm they not got sure. puzzles. <laughs> If You're I right. totally
0: I don't agree with your whole like 2D Zelda is simple take,
1: but maybe uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty biased because Zelda is regularly using the same item. So if I feel like I see a puzzle, a bomb puzzle, a bow and arrow puzzle, a hook shot puzzle, I can look at it in a Zelda game, especially because they are the predecessors of what I the games I have played. Uh, I can just look at it, I feel like, and feel like, oh, I get it, unless if it's just some wall. That has like the smallest fucking crack in it that I was supposed to see and drop a bomb in front of it, or even no crack sometimes because that's how Zelda flies sometimes. It's like, oh, you were supposed to figure out how to bomb this wall somehow. That happened to me a lot when I played Link's Awakening. Where my roommates would be like, "You are a dumb, big idiot! You didn't see the obvious bomb thing on the wall. You're bad at this game." And I'd be like, eh, I don't know. I, don't know. I feel like I feel like most people wouldn't see that bomb." That I bomb tried. Car,
0: I own a Link Between Worlds. Um. And I played some of it back when it came out, because that was back when I was playing the big hyped games. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I I look at it a lot and think, like, you should get your due. But I also think, like, I should probably play A Link to the Past before Mm -hmm. it at
1: this point. I Um, know at some point I do want to replay Link's Awakening, only because... Uh, going back to our first topic, Donkey put out a video about Link's Awakening about how he really appreciated it a lot more on a second playthrough. Yeah, yeah maybe so, I would so video. Yeah. I wonder if I would have the same revelation, but uh, not 100% sure if that would be the case. I just feel like the dungeons uh, in a lot of these games just aren't the most interesting. There was one dungeon in Link Between Worlds that really, I felt like, stood out of the crowd because it was doing something kind of unique but the rest just felt, mm, I don't want to say samey, what? but all of them kind of had a certain feel to it where I felt like I was doing kind of, like I was in the same space regularly where it's just like these boxed-in rooms figure out the puzzle and it move on. I don't know. The 3D dungeons, I feel like, are way more creative to me.
0: So this is not a 100% Peter thing. But I would say it's about 90% how he feels. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about the people that don't see the point
1: in replaying games? Like in, in, in what way? Like what do I feel about the the mentality or just... The, the mentality. Uh, like a
0: lot of people just have the stance of like, no, I don't replay
1: anything. I used to have that take. Mostly because I wanted to be trying new things, I felt like there's so many series that I, I had never gotten into. But as time goes on, there's like after like a certain amount of time of me playing so many games to get through them, I feel like they're all just kind of falling flat. Whereas like some of the games I played actually I feel like are worth a replay because I'm just shotgunning so many different games that I'm not really taking the time to really digest them and really sit with them and really appreciate them. Like I like a lot of the games I played a long time ago have. Like, uh, Yakuza Zero is a game I know I want to replay because that's a game I feel like I don't appreciate uh, as much as I feel like I should. Like I liked it enough to make me want to play the rest of the series, but there's still so much in that game that I w- I would love to see again. I feel like I don't have a lot of the story beats memorized because I was kind of mo- moving through it, not super quickly, but, uh, but but at some point I totally understood just like. I've played it. These things are long. I just want to move on to the next thing because there's a lot of things out there that I kind of want to play. But at the same time, uh, for the exact same reason that games are really long, it can be hard to really kind of take it in and digest it just after one playthrough if you want to become super familiar with it or really appreciate the intricacies. like There is definitely value in there, but in typical video game nature, it really is asking a lot of somebody to just take that step. Mm-hmm. Some of these games take a long time. Like, I've replayed Xenoblade 2, and I I definitely like that game. But uh, my, after my after my first playthrough, I was very negative on it for multi- multiple reasons. But I do think there's a lot I appreciate about that game, despite everything. But I would always preface all the, the things I don't like about it before even daring to start with the good things. Uh, but I don't think I would necessarily have that take without replaying it. So, like, there's absolutely value to it, but... It again asks a lot of people. That's where I would stand.
0: It definitely does, but and I don't always walk the walk on this. I I've kind of more developed an an opinion that like a game is almost only as good as its replay Mm -hmm. because if you don't want to replay a game, I think I think that is a little more of a red flag than most people give it credit for because with what what we were talking about of if games are experiential you you should be comparing it more to like a vacation than you necessarily should be yeah. comparing it to a movie. So if you go if you go to Italy uh let's let's say you go I don't know, some specific city. I don't know my geography well enough. You should even be able to say, like, I want to go to that city again, and you would mm-hmm. still enjoy your time. And I, I think that that should be how we feel about games most of the time. We We should be able to play through it and do whatever experience they gave us and think I would like to experience that again in some way. Sometimes things are more limiting. Like, like in the example of something like Outer Wilds, you can never actually experience that a second time because it would be forcing yourself to go through motions when you already know the destination and the whole point of the game is finding the destination. Mm-hmm. Um, And the journey is cool because of how that destination is hidden. But i i don't i don't know how you could genuinely do that replay unless i think there's merit to like going back to that game and just thinking like what if i just really spent all my time on brittle hollow for a little while and just hung out and figured Mm -hmm. different stuff out like i i think there is definitely an option to do that in a game like outer
1: wilds speaking of outer wilds um we never finished i mean i never finished the dlc you never started it either i don't think right yeah and you like barely started it right uh i'm not sure how far i ever got into it i i definitely like the first time i played it i barely scratched the surface but then a couple months later i went back in took a much deeper dive oh i didn't know and that. got stuck i got stuck somewhere wasn't sure where to keep going and I was afraid to look up more about it. I like I looked up a little bit to progress, but like uh, I bit my like I I burned my hand the last time when I when I played otherwise for the first time, looking up one thing and then accidentally spoiling like two other solutions in the process of looking up a guide to something. Which was like, oh, I didn't want to know that much uh, about what I needed to do, but now I'm cursed with this information of basically how to solve. The final puzzle of the game, which is mm-hmm. kind of a bummer. Does it mean? Ultimately, do you remember that for the DLC? Remember what for the DLC? Uh,
0: are you saying that that got spoiled for you on the DLC or the main game?
1: That was the base game. Oh, I was looking. Okay, okay, up, okay. I was looking up um, binder spoilers, I guess, for Outer Wilds. I was looking up uh, exactly. Oh, fuck, it was something about the. The Treasure that was hidden underneath. Um, I forget the name of the the water. Plant. Um, oh, uh, something deep. Something, uh, deep. I, 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 it's still escaping me, but there's something down there. I understood how to get down there, but I wasn't sure what to do with it. And then I kind of looked it up and then lo- lo- realized, like, oh, this is something you need for, uh, the. Basically, what is in the de- like the depths of? I'm also forgetting. Giant steep. Giant steep. Yep, that's the name of our water planet. Uh but then that's also ultimately the answer to. do You need that for the spaceship later on, which then just telling me about that that was something I hadn't even found for the first time. I was like, oh, now, I know exactly where that is and what I do when I get there. And I was a little sad about that. The just finding that first time would have been
0: very. Not to get too deep into spoilery territory here, but um, I'm not as anti-guide as you are, although I, I try to keep it as isolated as I can, but admittedly, I'm just not very good at, at puzzle games, so I can mm-hmm. struggle and and need the assistance if I ever want to get through it. Um, the thing that didn't like hurt me when I looked up guide stuff for outer wilds is i was maintaining every question that the game was early on making it clear like this is probably a thing i i should remember like i had questions about the travelers immediately i found like cave paintings about the main ship and i assumed like oh well i'm either going to figure out what happened to that ship or i'm gonna find it at some point um mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of uh some of the other ones don't really come to mind off the top of my head right now um uh, here's here's one good thing for peter although it can actually be infuriating to me sometimes mm. it the guy's got a memory like the way he can just recall like exact plot points from a game that he played, like, eight
1: years ago is unbelievable to me. Like, I mean, that's just a testament to me just how much these experiences really resonated with him so much to an extent. Like, there's even, like, I hear him talk about One Piece, right? Uh, One Piece, notoriously super long, but there's so many scenes to a Peter could describe to you from it, and that's a lot of content right there. And I, I like One Piece as well. Not as much after a certain point, like, Five hundred episodes in, I felt like I didn't like it as much. But there's some scenes before I could, I could spell out to it to But I feel like Peter could bust out anything. He's just so familiar with the world, the story. Like he just, that's how he gets invested in certain things. Uh, and I think part, partially because he doesn't try to branch out as much as we do. Like he knows what he likes, and because of that, he's good at kind of being really like familiar with those aspects of it he can really bite into it. Like, I bet there's a lot of stuff with Transistor. He liked it so much, I think he could totally pull some stuff out about that that he would remember that neither of us could. And we both liked that game a lot, no question. But that is just how Peter gets invested in some of the stuff. And it's... it's. I, I wish I could do that. There was a point in time, I definitely feel like I could. And I could definitely do that for certain games, like a lot of the 3D Zeldas. any Almost any of the Kingdom Hearts, mine is probably like dream drop distance but uh that's it's something i am I would say i'm jealous about i wish i could do that more look i mean partially replaying games would help that possibly but i
0: don't know i i agree with that and i mean if you want to if you want to hear about some people that were that were fighting for roster spots during training camp in the bills 2014 season maybe i could recall some of that but uh I maybe I just allocated the space in my memory like improperly Mm -hmm. because it's like I remember some of the worst sports years of my life
1: better than like a video game I just played. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I could tell like Peter and I, I challenge so many people who have dared to play Pokemon even a little bit to the Pokemon Cries game, and I can identify most Pokemon Cries. And maybe that's something I don't have to be able to like identify and remember, but I do. I know most Pokemon cries. Most 900-ish Pokemon cries at this point. So, That's pretty crazy. That is. Um, There's only one other game I'd want to mention, which, honestly, Peter would say no, but I don't think he's the only one stopping me here. Uh, I wouldn't mind trying. Because you haven't played any Mass Effect games, right? Or you tried one of them? I, I tried the first one years ago. Okay. Because I would love a reason to go back and finish mass effect andromeda but i don't know i would try it (laughs) you try it yeah that'd be an interesting take someone who has not played two or three but they are just flat out playing andromeda yeah no
0: i i absolutely would try it just to see what's going on
1: Mm -hmm. i don't know if we get peter to do it but i feel like maybe it's too long it's just too long. well uh,
0: here's the other thing with peter i bet he already has committed to memory every plot point that he thinks is stupid in Mass Effect Andromeda.
1: Because that's the other thing that he does. Out. He
0: like, For example, he the, like the day Splatoon 3 came out, he's like talking to you about what he thinks about like the three MC characters that are at the top of the game. And it's like, this guy hasn't even played the game. And he knows who all these people are
1: i mean deep cut pretty iconic band of course who doesn't know deep cut uh, dick i don't care no that's not i can't say that anymore they're the most irrelevant splatoon band of them all but peter just being a nintendo guy i feel like comes down to that i know Um, it's just
0: it it never ceases to surprise me that like he's a nintendo guy to the point that he just is filling his brain with all this knowledge about the Nintendo games. He never plans to play.
1: Mm-hmm. I blame smash brothers. That's <laughs> keeping himself on his toes for the next smash brothers of what can and cannot be possible. And that is a game. Peter absolutely would play.
0: I, th- I think, uh, I think you might be right on that. Um, I don't think I have any more. And I think it's also about time. We move
1: on unless you have another. Uh, I, I could list a couple other things if I really thought about it, but off the top of my head, nah, nothing here. Um, Actually, one last thing. The final thing, uh, which would be a really interesting thing to do. Total different take on Games Club, where it's like at the beginning of year, it's like, okay, guys, we have, till the end of the year, each of us has to make it to silver rank in some sort of multiplayer-based game. Whenever you get there, it doesn't matter. I think it has to, be, to- it has to be better than silver. I say silver, just in good faith, that I don't want to make someone get to like gold (laughs) or platinum or Uh, diamond and something.
0: Fair enough. I may maybe I'm just too jaded at this point. But say like you guys had to try and get to silver in Rocket League. Like I I don't think it would be
1: that difficult to do that. If I had a year to do it, I think it would be possible. And like we had to do it on our own. We could not be helping each other. We all have our own journeys trying to get there.
0: I. You know, not to brag, but I'm absolutely gonna brag. If I was facing bronzes in Rocket League at this point, I think I would struggle not to score almost every single time I touched the ball.
1: Like they're like bots, practically. Mm-hmm. Um, That's fair. I feel like Rocket League. Not that I've actually played Rocket League, but like someone who picks up Rocket League for the first time. Is just not going to play the game the way that they are supposed to on such a higher level because it's such a unique experience of car flying through the air. That's true. People just gonna play it like just operating a, a racing game, really, and you're just gonna dunk on these people if you know how to move through the air.
0: That is true. Maybe maybe you would be stuck at bronze for a while. Um. All right. Let's get into what we've been playing. I think I'm going to start this time because I'm I'm actually happy to to share my stuff for the first time okay. in like almost a month. Um, I've beaten two games this week. Two, okay. Because I've finally beaten Neon White.
1: Oh uh, shit! Okay.
0: It took a while. I got the Ace medal in every single level which is the highest metal. Um to me playing through it, it it wasn't even an option to leave that undone because technically you you get like this like neon rank thing that if you get a gold in a level your rank will go down and you you want it to go down like it starts at 100 or something and you want to get it down to 1 or 0. Mm-hmm. Um and if you get a gold you, you get the benefit of it going down, but then you just see the time of the ace there. It's like, are you really, are you really not going to try for this? Of course, of course you're going to try for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved this game flat out. I mean, I think, uh, the gameplay was amazing. Um, and it's easily, I would be shocked if it's not in my top five, let alone my top 10. Um, But the controversial parts being the story, I don't know. I I don't deal with anime that often. And while I used to be a hater, I'm no longer a hater. And I thought it was pretty good. It's, It's like very anime. It goes down the different lines that you expect it to go down sometimes it's cringy, but I had a good time laughing at that cringe. I'm not sure if I was supposed to be laughing, but I was mm-hmm. um and I I really have no issue with it like I I've played worse stories in games I think um I did get what well, I guess is the bad ending and I haven't looked up the good ending because I'm I'm allowing myself to entertain the fact that I could go back and get the good ending because Mm -hmm. not only are there different medals you can get in each level, but there's also gifts. And when you get a gift, it just takes you out of a level immediately and just gives you the option to restart it. Like when you're going for a gift, you're not doing what the level actually asks you to do. So it has nothing to do with times or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, Every level has one, and there's a heavy uh, visual novel type gameplay when it comes to how the story is told. And one of the things is that the main character White has amnesia, and I basically never got any of my memories back because I guess it all happened through like the relationships you're forming. Um, oh, interesting. and I I ignored that. So when it came down to the final thing, you're given two options but the one option was like grayed out for me because I didn't have enough memories. Um, I'm interested to see uh, how it would go the other way. I'm sure it doesn't change drastically but uh, I like this game so much I don't mind if just periodically I pick up my Switch and, and I get a couple gifts from levels like I find myself I when I go to my girlfriend's house, I often just bring my switch just in case there's there's downtime of like if she like takes a phone call or something or uh, sometimes mm-hmm. we just won't be doing anything and I have the ability to do whatever I want. And rather than scrolling on my phone, I pick up my switch. If I'm collecting some gifts, earning some memories during that, I think that's time well spent. Has she seen you play in the NY? Yeah um like at the
1: very anime parts of it
0: yeah no and every once in a while i'll turn on the audio just to make her listen to it and i oh, okay. i, I, I call that. it
1: what's that like
0: she it's typically eye rolls and i call it like oh yeah i'm, I'm playing the anime in cell game i've been playing <laughs> uh, that that's how i refer to it to to most people because that that's that's what it is that's not to say all anime games are in cell games but this is certainly one of them
1: Oh um, no! Unfortunate. <laughs> I've never heard that take, but I absolutely believe you. You say no more. I already. I get it. Um, I 2.
0: I understand this happens sometimes. <laughs> Xenoblade Two, c- certified in cell game. Um. <laughs> uh. Yeah. You gotta call it like you see it. Like it doesn't make it a bad game. It's just the fact. Um. But yeah, I love neon white. It's going to be high on my rankings. I, I really wish someone else would play it. Obviously,
1: uh, Peter isn't going to. I think there's a chance i get you by the end of the year. Like I want to play it, but the thing that is stopping me from playing it is the dumbest thing. And it's just that I am banking on a physical release for this game at some point. And I want that. And I don't want to double dip. And that is it. That's the only thing stopping me is that I'm super confident in an inevitable physical release of the game. And I will buy that because it's only on Switch and Steam. And I imagine when it comes to PlayStation, because there's no way it doesn't come to PlayStation. They do a physical release across all platforms to help boost the sales there.
0: I think that's possible. Um, I think James is playing brackets. it right now. Maybe
1: I'll, maybe I'll okay. be able to talk to him about it soon. Maybe so. Um, what else are you playing though? Oh, actually, one last question on Neon White. What's up Do you think it's going to be a game of the year contender around the end of the year, or just not quite? So we're talking Elden
0: Ring. We're going to pencil in God of War. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, six. I'm not six. willing to pencil in Horizon, to be honest. I really? Think it, wow. I think it probably will get there. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the industry as a whole is very hot on it. And I've definitely cooled off on that game. I need to go back to it. Um, mm-hmm. But my initial high praise may have been a little too early or maybe my mood just changed i don't know
1: sometimes it's hard to differentiate i would say try to finish it before the nominees kind of show oh up, i definitely will totally bias your, your like not that it would like totally sway how you feel but like have it like done before you can kind of get to that point i
0: i definitely will i'm my plan now that i've just beaten two games is to start going back to that and I mentioned to you off air about how I have a nice attic that's unusable in the summer. There's also a very nice TV up there that uh, I haven't been able to use. And that leaves, I've explained it multiple times on the pod. I'm going to do it again. PS5's in my living room. I don't always have access to my living room TV. Makes it difficult to play a game with any consistency on my PS5. Now I can just move it upstairs if need be. Okay. Um, so I'm going to be going back to Horizon for sure. Uh, oh, I technically have three games because I have started Rayman. I've, I've beaten the first world of Rayman, I believe, or maybe, maybe I have one more left in that world, actually.
1: I still got to order the game. I might do that before we, uh, finish the pod, just get that, get that in. So it comes as soon as possible.
0: I have a feeling this is going to be one that takes us all a while to beat. But I don't. I don't think it'll be because it's bad at all. I think it's mainly going to be because ten hours of platforming, even if it's good, can be. Can be a bit of a grind after a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. You're playing this on PS4 because it was free at some point. Uh yeah, well PS5, but it was free at some point.
1: Okay. I'm ordering the definitive edition that launched on Switch not too long ago, so I don't know. What content, if much at all, I might have available that you guys aren't gonna have because I don't think Peter's gonna play that version either.
0: I Except kinda we'll, we'll,
1: we'll bridge when we get there, I guess. I kinda doubt it'll be very different. I don't I really don't know what it is at all. I just know there's a definitive edition and never really paid attention to it. Uh we'll see. We will see in time.
0: All right. So the third game that I have played. I've rolled credits for, and I've just about hit the point that I'd say I'm finished, is Immortality. Here we go. How the tables have turned on this podcast. We are an Immortality podcast. Well, I was always going to be an Immortality guy. I was always going to play it. I was just in my in my not-gamer era, so I wasn't getting it done. Is there any chance you played it this week?
1: Well, we'll get there when I get to my game. Stay tuned. Okay. Um...
0: It can really say so little about this game and we're surely, I'd, I think we're almost definitely going to do a spoiler cast about this because I've played it, you're at the very least going to play it if you haven't yet, Peter has played it and James of Trash Gaming is currently playing it I think. I started it last night at like 10 p.m. And I played for four hours because I was that hooked on it. I don't usually, especially on, like, during a work week, I'm not usually staying up until 2 a.m. because I'm addicted to a game. But uh, that's what happened here. I got completely hooked. I just think the presentation of everything is so cool. And... here's my main take, because I don't even want to kind of hint at some of the stuff that happens, but I've never seen a game that is so obsessed with film, but justifies itself in being a game so well. Because there really is no like there's almost more of a debate as to whether like naughty dog games are like less of a game than this. Wow, wow, okay. And the distinction I make there is like you're you're not you're obviously not fighting arenas of of enemies in <laughs> immortality. Mm-hmm. But Sam Barlow man, he has it so down of Ludo narrative harmony of like how to make the thing he's making you do is going to be the thing that reveals the story and that it just it sounds so simple but he just does it so well yeah
1: um, I remember the one year I went to GDC is the year her story came out and we went to I mean, me and my friends at the time went to an award ceremony for the game developers of their own awards and Sam Barlow went on the stage at least eight times accepting different awards for her story like the, the way the, the way he was making that game which I think was really ahead of its time and didn't get as much praise as I think it deserved uh, was just super interesting with such a simple concept and immortality Seems odd uh, to be really going the extra mile, like uh being the capstone of this these ideas he's been playing with for years. Um
0: Immortality feels like it's like the blank check game for Sam Barlow. Like he's proven himself uh two times on his own now and now someone just gave him the money to to do whatever
1: he wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um I forget if this is an Annapurna published game. I think it is. I think because Telling Lies was also Annapurna. I but believe I it, it
0: is, but let it. me see Let me see if I can find it for sure.
1: Annapurna, on the record, loves having their big-name, talented creators attached to projects, and Sam Barlow absolutely is one of those. No. The publishers were half-mermaid
0: and netflix
1: netflix eh? wow not expected half mermaid i know i i know of that i think this they haven't done anything but this i think sam parlo is even a part of that studio so like almost self-published in a sense there um For netflix no i actually didn't know netflix was a part of this anyway makes sense netflix would want to be a part of this this is totally up their alley i uh
0: I think the acting in this game is incredible and I think the last thing I'm going to say is while there is no debate that this is a game, this is the type of thing that like film people should be aware of. Um, I think a lot of people in that field think of like what is ultimately kind of like an interactive movie experience and that they, they think of like oh black mirror bandersnatch kind of sucked or something mm-hmm. uh and they just leave it at that this is this is something different entirely this game is so good um and it's another one where i would be shocked if it's not in my top five at the end of the year
1: so definitely a game of the year contender you think for sure
0: in or, in my heart I, I don't think it is at the Keelys.
1: um i'd like to think it is because i i mean, the press absolutely loves this game right and they're the people picking the nominees at the end of the day so i don't think it is impossible but i think i think my prediction in this with the game awards is immortality is going to be nominated in multiple categories but it will win nothing unfortunately i think it it
0: actually has a chance of winning uh something like narrative
1: maybe so maybe i'm cutting it short um, i just fear elden ring is going to sweep so hard that even in categories where you think something like immortality is going to do strong elden ring is going to be also nominated and will win or whatever it is so
0: pc i believe it's only pc and xbox pc it only has 39 critic reviews on metacritic and on xbox it only has
1: 14 i don't think that gets the job done We'll see, it's not a long game. And because I feel like maybe even this is going to play a big part moving into Game Awards. Uh, When it comes to Game Awards season, people at all sorts of game outlets, when it comes to Game Awards season, has to fight and get other people at their outlets to play these games. The fact that Immortality, just sitting there on Game Pass, is a shorter game, I feel like is an easy sell to get as many people on board when it comes to... Uh, these critics campaigning for the game versus other highly rated game of the year, Xenoblade Chronicles Three, which will not, uh, I think, make too many appearances at the Game Awards outside of the respective RPG categories. Maybe gets nominated for best narrative. That would be cool to see. I, I, I'm someone who cares more about nominations than who actually wins the awards, but
0: I, I tend to agree with that. But um, I think the other last thing I'll say is. I, I had said before that, like, I technically finished this. Um, I think I have about six hours at this point. And I rolled credits somewhat by accident oh. around, around like the three and a half hour mark. No, probably four hour. No, lying. Probably five hour because I I did it this morning. I played four hours yesterday. Um and there's just some sort of gate within the game, I assume, where, like, they kind of think you've seen the main beats or something, and they, they think it's time to show you what that final scene is or something. I, I don't really understand how it happens. Um, but after I got that, it wasn't even, like, there was no consideration, like, oh, I just finished the game because I knew like, well, clearly I'm missing a ton of pieces here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think I've seen the majority of the key pieces. I'm missing still probably close to a hundred clips. And I'm interested oh, wow. to see what those are. Cause they're, they're 202 clips and I have over a hundred. Um, I don't have the exact number though. um, and i'm interested in what i'm missing and the added thing that could be considered a bad thing is i did listen to one spoiler cast after i started feeling like somewhat good about where i was and they did a good job of like connecting some of the strings because it's so told it's told so non-linear that it can be hard to keep track of everything Mm-hmm. Um and it definitely helped to have something to listen to after with some strings connected and then like it all clicked for me once they connected those strings it's like oh okay so i saw those scenes that meant that um i think there's more to it than just connecting the strings though i think there's there's a lot on the bone here and do you think Oh, not to get you off continue. I was going to say and I'm interested in in continuing to explore that even though I I've, I've technically quote unquote finished.
1: Uh I was going to ask do you think you'll do a YouTube video on the game at all? Do, do you have an angle there that you'd be interested <laughs> in or not really? Um
0: I do have an angle I'm interested in. I don't know there I, I'll just I'll just spoil it and if someone gets gets it done before i do and then then i screwed up there is some sort of thread that i i would say debatably only i can see here cuz it's it's that absurd that i want to connect between immortality and the rehearsal really i'm mainly thinking of it just because they are such like singular things
1: that like something that's
0: just nothing like this kind of thing exactly and i i need to find something a little bit better than that to connect them but that that is what i would like to do a video on whether it actually happens i don't know but the if if i were to write down this video idea in my notes app like i would just write down immortality in the rehearsal and it's the type of thing where it's like i gotta figure this out later Mm -hmm. you watch the rehearsal right Absolutely. Um That poor kid. That poor kid at the end. Yeah. I uh I don't know, stuff like this really gets me going. Just stuff that is so weird and so one of one. Um I would love to have a video where I just get to kinda of talk mm-hmm. about the things that give me that
1: feeling. Oh I'll take this as a win of one of the games I was pointing out at the e3 times that was so cool and everyone loved it so when choo choo charles comes out i expect you to with <laughs> that game too and the exact same reaction i'm expecting <laughs> which i'm guessing it, they have no release date really planned for that at all but i'm guessing they're gonna shadow drop that in october because it's a spooky game and streamers will eat it up so i think it'll still happen also something i don't i haven't seen uh, Peter bring up. He usually does. Granted, it's no longer in the league, but Oxenfree finally confirmed a delay, soft, that it is coming out in 2023. Oh, good. Uh, I don't know if you heard about that, but like of the two games on the draft that I decided to get away from, whether it was Somerville and Oxenfree, very happy I made the right pick right now. Somerville is launching at the Keeleys just to wait. They're going to do it. Uh, okay, we'll see. We'll see. My, my last hope but uh that's the last game you've been playing right yep all right to get into my uh what i've been playing owen this might be a first in bny history where my pockets are empty i have played nothing wow yeah i've got uh, the only thing i reasonably could talk about which i I guess i will because I, i don't have anything else to talk about uh is my group Iron Man RuneScape playthrough. I've just been really, really taking a dive and been super committed to it because A, RuneScape, very grindy game. So if you're really trying to play it, you gotta really commit to it. And that's exactly what I've been doing because there's there's two different tiers. Like this is a free-to-play model and then there's the membership model. You can you have to spend like 15 bucks a month, I think. I could be wrong, that might not be the number, but you can also use in-game currency to buy an item that grants you membership for a little while. And one of my group members so kindly made enough money in-game to buy me a couple weeks of membership to, like, pull me back in. So I use that, and I part of it is uh, an obligation. Like, I'm using this item, so I'm going to get as every second out of it, just committed to it. But also, I've just been having a lot of fun getting back into this. This is a game I haven't played for so long, and there's so much content in there i never really engaged with i i was really bad at runescape and was so terrified to engage with like even the single player content in it because in runescape if you die you drop everything but your three most valuable items on you and getting there's no guarantee you're going to get back to your body in time to claim it because that's how this works It's just like it sits your items sit there in a grave for you to go pick up uh only for like two minutes but if you died on like a quest in a very difficult area there's no guarantee you're gonna get back there if you only have one decent set of armor you die with it it's just sitting there how are you even gonna make it back to there and earlier points in runescape there wasn't even a grave it would just sit there and other players could just take all your shit when you die so there was just always vultures of players surrounding you hoping you die at any second <laughs> in this game they can get free shit off of you um so i was just so afraid to do anything there's like hundreds of quests in this game I would never do because they tell you oh you have to fight a level 150 enemy and at the time I'm just a child who is level 40 and like I'm not risking this I can play RuneScape once a weekend I will not put any of my items that I spent a hard long time to get at risk so some guy who's better than me can just feed off of my corpse uh, but now things are different now even though we are running in a playthrough where we have one life left some of these things are way more easy to manage some of these fights I probably could have taken as a kid, but I was just too, too sheerly afraid. But, uh, I think this is turning into a bit of a comfort game. I want to say like in w- ways people like point at, like an animal crossing or a stardew, like, or a grinding- or a Madden, Yeah. Something along these lines where it is very easy to be like, Oh, I need to make money for the group. I'm going to go join a thieving group. I mentioned this last time and just steal a bunch of money, stand in one place, pickpocket a guy like an hour before I go to bed. And if I fall asleep doing it, so be it. The only risk there is because I can fall asleep doing it. And if you fail pickpocketing enough, you take damage and could die from it. So I could fall asleep and kill myself playing the game and losing our last life. But there are other things along those lines of grindy skills that are just as... I don't know if comforting is the right word, but... Chill. Easy thing to fall asleep to. Making progress in this game. Uh, all in the name of the team. But that's really all i have to talk about it. immortality is a game i'm going to play i can't believe i'm the last one here i, I know. know uh are you gonna play it on your pc you think i have it installed it's right here on my desktop oh, okay okay right now.
0: and uh i know we've already gone over this with peter last week but
1: make sure you connect a controller I could do that no problem, yeah. I've got a like from all the randomizers I've done, I've, I've i could play it on PS5 or GameCube controller. I might play it with the GameCube controller just for shits and giggles.
0: Um does the I I I don't think the GameCube controller will work, will would be my guess, but maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll um either way. Uh I mean I would love
1: get get on this by next week Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm I'm officially assigning it for you (laughs) like if it's a spoiler cast potential kind of thing like that's even more of a reason to kind of do it um
0: absolutely and we'll see how that goes down whether whether it gets a full episode or just a side episode or it gets one of the topics we'll we'll figure it out
1: the fact that my schedule is just cleared for sunday makes me think it is very possible that I will have the time for this. No problem. It could be a Sunday game. I can see it. Stay tuned, everybody. But uh, we have one more topic we want to talk about before we we get out of here.
0: All right. I mean, the this is the the one that you came up with yourself. Why don't you tee us off True. on it?
1: Uh, so, narrative games uh, are something we really like. We've talked a lot about it already in the podcast, be it we're talking about immortality and taking a dive into Robert... Uh, ebert roger ebert pardon me uh does about his take on narrative games but it's something we haven't talked about owen it's just the two of us here uh and i really wanted to break down like where we are with this we've talked about this before like we talk about first party sony games because i feel like in the early 2010s they were kind of really doing not necessarily a lot of heavy lifting for narrative games but uh they put such an emphasis on it in a triple a space where not that no one else was doing it, but they cared about it so much. I felt like that was something we really resonated with. It. We talked about that a lot. But right now, I want to talk about like a modern day state of narrative games in a world of games as services. Where, and even at a point in time, there was a huge concern that the single player game was going to die, which has been proven wrong time and time again. But certainly, I wouldn't say this kind of game sits at the top of the mantle. Uh, and we've definitely played games ourselves. I feel like that really carried the torch there. But like, what are? I'm curious to have this kind of conversation. Just like, where, where do we think a standard is for games? What do we want to see? But that's that's a lot of questions at once. I just wanted to, to just first start the conversation by asking like, how how do you feel about game stories right now, modern day?
0: Well, don't let my my praise of immortality fool you. Because uh, 99% of games are not doing what that game is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I don't know if it's a problem point within the industry or if it's me. because I'd say for this this entire year, even, Two years, maybe. I've kind of had the take that, like... I think they're kind of shit lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I I have a take. And I'll, I'll leave this take for you to react to it. I'm losing more and more patience... For games where there is no... Harmony between the gameplay and the story. Mm-hmm. And... If, if the story is presented in a way where it's like go do all of this stuff and then you can earn cutscenes from it in the way that, I mean, essentially Sony games are structured. I, I just don't get the juice out of that anymore. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't really excite me very much to, to the extent that I even question like I I already have a love for Metal Gear if I was playing Metal Gear in this current mood what what would my temperature be on it because um I think it, in a lot of ways uh it was kind of like the precursor to what the what the playstation formula became mm-hmm. and maybe I'm just tired of playstation games or maybe there's something deeper here where i'm i'm desiring the next step to be taken because we've had enough of shoot people for 30 minutes watch a 10 minute movie shoot people for another 30
1: minutes watch a 10 minute movie Mm -hmm. i i feel a similar way with metal gear specifically uh how i feel if i were to revisit it because at a point in time I was very comfortably putting a Metal Gear game in, like, my top five favorite games of all time, and now I don't think a Metal Gear game does sit in there, but I would love to just revisit those games because I definitely feel like they are they are good games. They are uh, games that hold up today.
0: I want to clarify, my don't... my opinion hasn't changed that much, as in, like, Metal Gear's been grandfathered in. Already mm-hmm. love it. And if, also, if I replayed them, I would still love them because I know that I love those games. But... Mm-hmm. If I was experiencing them for the first time now, maybe my opinion would be different. But I'm not. I'm not going through that, so I get to love yeah. Metal Gear. And I'm going to continue to,
1: but continue. Mm-hmm. Um, like I definitely think something like Metal Gear Solid Three, which I feel like is the all-around best one. Uh, but like I, I, feel like just um, like if you put all of them standalone, like that is the best standalone Metal Gear game. Uh, that would pass the test of time. Others maybe not so much, but uh, people appreciate two more with time, and the thing people appreciate it for less with time. Uh, but these kind of feel like that that cinematic approach, where I don't know, like how how different. What, what is the line we draw if much of one at all? between something like the last of us and the Metal Gear games um like, are, are they kind of like sitting in the same boat together or is there something more special about Metal Gear or something more special about the last of us
0: I mean I definitely like the Metal Gear games more uh-huh but i I think they're about comparable uh because even if you look at the the difference between the ludo narrative harmony versus dissonance like the last was one anyway is not the worst offender of that in fact i would say that they're maybe even pretty good at finding yeah.
1: the harmony compared to most I other games so. like it yeah like uncharted for example sitting next to naughty dog uncharted very bad about it where the last of us is pretty reasonable about it even metal gear i feel like is pretty reasonable because it is all about war uh, at the same time, you also have the option to play through. I think every single Metal Gear game, you don't have to kill anybody. If you choose not to, you are given the tools to not do that. And the game rewards you for it, sometimes. Um, but uh, to modern standards, comparing these games, is these a place for these games, and people still like them. But I think it's not crazy to say that narrative games are in the... F- front most uh like at a presentation all the time or if they are they just aren't very appealing and they don't stand out maybe because it is a cinematic trailer and no one recognizes what it's supposed to be like i'd like to think something like callisto protocol that's gonna fit to some degree in this category maybe not in the like first party sony level level of like cinematic but single player game that has a story it wants to tell will tell it well who's to say but they're here Uh, But I wouldn't say like if I were to try to pinpoint if there was a last time there was a renaissance of sorts in like game narrative. I feel like the easiest to point at is early 2010s when I feel like there was a lot of cool things happening. Yes. Uh, Even maybe 2017. But I feel like that's just all around. Games were great that year. Uh, Hard to say specifically there, but like. Like you were saying before, and I agree with this point, that I think a lot of the time game narratives leave a lot uh, to be... Th- there's a lot that is can be really disappointing about them. They don't really hit. There's a total disconnect from the game. Sometimes like, a story can be interesting and then take hours for you to get invested. and At that point, you're just so checked out uh, that it is really hard to stick the landing, especially when a game is uh, lengthier. Uh, but I, even if a story isn't super great in a game, if I can tell that the writing is good, but maybe the plot is the not the most interesting, uh, the game will still just hold my attention because even then, that is rare to find in a video game. I, that's how I feel about. I brought it up before. We are OFK. I don't care for the plot as much. Like it's, I'm not super engrossed in it, but it's just the acting is good and the writing is very good. That I just, it is very refreshing to be like, oh my god, characters that sound like actual real people having real conversations is very refreshing, which is kind of disappointing that that is a standard uh, for, for someone who is so invested in game narratives. Like, I feel like if I would go would go up to talk to people be like, oh yeah, I love games with great stories, and like, here's a list of the ones I really liked from the past years, even though I really like them, I still think they're really faulty uh, in ways that games typically kind of are. Like, even... I want to point at Xenoblade 3, uh, but it's like I'm not going to like con it for a lot of the the reasons that I feel like I would other games where things kind of drag on or characters just aren't always sounding like people. Maybe at times they are a little bit too enthusiastic, but I like that. I feel like JRPGs are a special flavor of. Sometimes things are kind of nonsensical yeah. or melodramatic, and you're you're there for that.
0: You're though. allowed to. Sorry. You're allowed to increase the spectrum for for what's acceptable yeah. for a JRPG like. If they were talking too much like real humans, it might even be a little off-putting in something like Superblade. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, but that's uh, that's something I wish I could see more of. I, I wish I wish the writing is just good. I say good enough. I don't think that's the way I really want to phrase it. But just uh, the, the reason why this all is all this this way is just the boring answer games are hard to make and stuff gets cut around the story. I remember hearing about certain like interviews with Halo writers asking why Master Chief uh just bursts his way through certain plot points and so literally the answer is a lot of the time because we had to cut stuff and just make sure he gets to point from a what was supposed to be get him getting from point A, B to C, he now has to get from point A to D all of a sudden and they have to just write around it and just things change. It is it is not a high priority, but not the highest priority in a lot of the cases. And really, a lot of games, I think, suffer for that. But what are you going to do? Because not every game is only about the story. But it, it definitely hurts the overall scope of game narratives to, to modern standards. And I think the smaller scope games, of course. This is not a surprise either. Those are the gems that really can handle good pacing. Because bad pacing in games is terrible. Like, surprise, surprise. And something like Persona 5, the pacing is good, right? Yeah. Long games and pacing, I don't think necessarily... Like, on paper, it should not never work, but I think there's a lot of RPGs that do stick to landing. Um, speaking of Persona 5,
0: I think that game illustrates something that uh, a lot of games just don't even seem to consider because they want to make the fancy cutscenes, essentially. Mm-hmm. Is that the, the dungeon crawling is separate from your life as a student and your life as a student becomes a little bit more about management. And it's a little bit more visual novelty. And because they make you an active participant in forming those relationships and stuff, it makes it more impactful and more engaging. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas when I'm playing horizon forbidden West and I have to put my controller down for 15 minutes to to watch the cutscene. Uh, I'm just not as in. I mean, if, if you wanted to make something that's more like a movie or TV show, I, I almost just think you should have done it. Because I can turn on most, or not most, I should say, I can turn on plenty of movies and TV shows that I think probably are much better at this. Than, mm-hmm. than whatever this super expensive game thinks they're doing, yeah. Um. So, i I'd rather see the way that they're able to to gamify the story instead of trying to build marvelous CGI scenes. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm trying to think if there's if there's another good example of like a game where they kind of gamify the story. Like I'm looking back at lists from from this year and last year and like last year my number 1 was Returnal and that's 90% gameplay and while you're not gamifying any part of the narrative, they they respect your time heavily. Mm-hmm. Like the longest cutscene in that game might be like 4 or 5 minutes. Um and uh majority of the time cutscenes are just kind of like super cuts of random things that kind of matter. Uh and they're just kind of pieces you get to put together
1: throughout it. Um mm-hmm.
0: so, I mean, it's like
1: would you say a lot of first party Sony stuff fits this kind of bill, or it's just like taking turns of just gameplay story, gameplay story? Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, Except
0: that that majority of the time sony does not respect your time they think they're they're respecting your time but i just believe in the fact that when i'm playing a game i want to play a game and if they're Mm -hmm. not letting me play the game then it's a problem
1: how do you feel about ghost of tsushima in this balance because that's a game that sits in the back of my head that's come out recently where it's like oh i know every now and then i'm i have an itch for that first party sony flavor of game that's one i haven't played it's boosted for ps5 so i could get a cool best version of that game uh but i don't know how different it is and i don't know if that truly matters i feel like i would still have fun with it but it is a long game uh where does that sit with you here with the story specifically
0: we did uh i remember we talked about this a few weeks ago and i think i stand by this point um is it Guilty of a lot of the same things, yes. Is it uh better paced? Also, yes. Where mm-hmm. like I mean, it's in my time playing Forbidden West, it's been a problem with how long I'm watching cutscenes. Um mm-hmm. these are like Metal Gear length cutscenes, only where nothing is happening. At the very mm-hmm. least, Metal Gear has the the sense to make batshit crazy things happen during their 15-minute long cutscenes. Yeah. Um Ghost of Tsushima does does not ever really do that. Uh obviously uh like many conversations are cutscenes in in some sense and there'll be different cutscenes of like giving you context of like what's happening to a certain character or what's happening over here, that type of thing. But even those are never very long. Um, I also think uh, the point that I made a few weeks ago was that there's really not extended period of times where uh, they're not letting you do what's fun in the game. And mm-hmm. what's fun in the game is either being stealthy, or using your sword like a samurai uh i i recall my playthrough of that game being about 95 percent doing those things so for that reason that game ages pretty well in my mind okay
1: that's good like i imagine like to make that work the game has to i imagine the game cares about the story it's telling Mm -hmm. But also it has to let go of your hand from like a prologue scenario to just let you play the game a lot, I feel like beginning mm-hmm. and not interrupt you with the story. And I hope that's what it does. It sounds and like it, it fits that balance well enough.
0: It does care about its story, and maybe maybe they leave something on the table by not not going like full naughty dog within this story. Mm-hmm. But I kind of think like it still worked for me, um, and it, don't don't get it twisted. It's not like the type of story where like you're at least I don't think you'll be crying by the end. I suppose someone someone could maybe cry by the end mm-hmm. um but like i i I just thought it was pretty good, and they have kind of emotional beats going on, and I think they pay off those emotional beats, and
1: mm-hmm.
0: I look at that game and think. You you guys did a pretty good job at this.
1: Uh, How would you compare it to God of War narratively? Like, because I really like for our talk here, I'm thinking of focusing on games. 2018 is the hard cap of recent of games narratives I want to talk about. Uh, so God of War makes a cut here. So what do we think about comparing these two here? I'm excited for Ragnarok, but I I don't have an
0: encyclopedic memory of God of War. And uh-huh. if I go back and try and replay it, I'm
1: a little worried about what I might think about it. I think I? I know Peter's planning on replaying that. Like that's the next game he's queued up. He wants to go back and revisit God of War right before going into Ragnarok. I know I don't want to do that because I feel like I will like I will get burnt out on Ragnarok way more quickly. I'm worried about place. that too. So I don't want to do that as much as a recap would be kind of cool. Especially because these those two games are going to be so intertwined. Ragnarok is the conclusion of the story that the first one sets up. Uh, there's just, I feel like, a couple of points. Like There's the one character you never really see talked about a lot. A very big part of it, it starts with a T. Their name starts with a T. I want to brush up on that guy. You know his name? They talk about um, him a lot. No. No, off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, like he's mostly he's never it's a not, It's not Thor, yes. is it? Not not Thor. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Thor. Um
0: Regardless. Th- do, do you not remember their name or are you trying to keep it vague? Is it Tear?
1: Tear sounds right, doesn't it? I think it does for like I imagine like the story of that character. Like I don't remember much about that. Refreshing on that, I think, is important. But the general beats of is- kratos and atreus's tale through that game i think i know enough about going back into it
0: i really only remember the ending for the most part
1: i think think the ending is
0: good and i i think i could
1: play through the whole game and still think the ending's good yeah the ending was incredible uh and all i want from ragnarok specifically is just more boss fights that are really like milestone set pieces that is trying to be a conclusion for this game like Kratos really is just going all out for his son in this one. He's he's taken off the gloves. He's like, okay, I'll be the God of War again for you, my boy. That's all I want. And I think that's what this game is going to be. This with is some uh,
0: on this is getting a little too um, in the weeds on God of War, maybe. But I I put this with no context into our mm-hmm. our group chat the other day for the pod. Uh, but every podcast I hear talk about potential for Ragnarok they start theorizing about like oh well uh, like Kratos is probably going to die in this one and then we're playing as Atreus. I'm not saying we're not going to play as Atreus Kratos is not dying in this game that is uh, I've heard this take so much that I am willing to go as far to say that it is absurd to think that Kratos would die in this game
1: Mm mhm One, I I don't know. Go on though.
0: One, uh, they're not trying. If if they're trying to be the Last of Us Part Two, then uh, then that would be misguided. Uh, and that that beat would uh be mighty similar to something that happens in the Last of Us Part Two. No spoilers, (laughs) um, and two, Atreus. I, I know people love to act like, oh, well, obviously the younger person will just be the main character one day. I'm not convinced. Atreus is not the God of War. We are not going to be playing a God of War game in the future
1: where Atreus is the top dog. Uh, I mean, this game could set it up to be like, you know what? Maybe maybe he is now because I feel like he's no, going to play the future.
0: The I, I don't think so. Kratos is PlayStation's biggest character. It's not happening.
1: Could be ratchet if they really want. It could be Sly Cooper if they really wanted it to be. But here we are. I I, I
0: don't it. even think that. I actually think Kratos is king in this in this case. It's he really not nice only stuff. has had hugely successful games in the different eras of PlayStation. He also has the most iconic design of any PlayStation character. They're not. They're not just dropping Kratos. Crazy. It would
1: be a hard um, I, I can see them getting separated to some degree at the end of the game. And maybe Atreus has to go. Uh, find them yeah, something.
0: sure. I can see that. That's fine. But um, li- literally the amount of podcasts I've seen them literally lay out like the exact plot of The Last of Us Part 2 and then just say that's, that's what's going to happen in God of War Ragnarok
1: is crazy to me how short-sighted people are. Mm-hmm. I have a small tangent here. I bet Peter's going to hear us like having a full on Ragnarok talk and be like, "Motherfucker, I want to be part of this. Why are you talking about this game?" Without me? <laughs> um, I uh,
0: I think we should get off Ragnarok though and and dive back into the the mm-hmm. state of narratives and games one more time. Um, yeah, I do. Just want to say with twenty eighteen, uh, I don't think it is by any means the best marriage of gameplay and story but i think i i think red dead 2 is
1: the best standalone story in a game i i think it's top five easily like there's no question i'm i'm so impressed by that game and i've retroactively just want to go back to it so to, to go to just experience the story again, because it's a very long game. Mm-hmm. And not every mission of that game is really the peak writing of it, but like, there's so many great scenes woven together, a great story is told in this game. Could it be like a, a season, it's like several series of TV? Maybe, but just ha- spending time in the lonely world as Arthur Morgan, whether you're running into weird side missions, but just all the quiet moments you spend with him, or just even combined with the moments going through the camp, seeing little moments there i think is very special it's one of the stories i feel like where it's like okay when i like to really put on my game narrative uh, aficionado hat and be like what what are the stories that really mean something especially as a game especially in a world where playstation is now t- like transitioning so much of their ip to film or tv and streaming services i think uh it's cool to reflect on that recently, just feeling like, okay, games still do this well, even though we have so many of our doubts that there are a lot of things that people can get hung up on, reasonably so, That's why this media maybe doesn't work, narratively for a lot of people. But just remembering, it still does, though, despite that. And Red Dead, I think, is one of the best cases. Uh, a lot of smaller cases, too. Would you say or- immortality stands there, too, just for a modern... Oh, standard. yeah, I, I, it's,
0: as yeah. I, I just laid out, I mean, it's incredible. It's, it's completely different from mm-hmm. all of these games that we're talking about.
1: A um, game we can get a right now, because Peter's not here also, before your eyes, I think. Yes, very, an, another special. case
0: of, uh, they're just, they're naturally going to be niche in some way, like mm-hmm. I can easily say that before your eyes is one of the best stories in a game I've ever played. but like I can't reasonably recommend it to everyone because I know that some people, including myself, a lot of the time, when you think about video games, you think you think doom, you just want to play
1: doom if you're gonna yeah. play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel similar with one of my favorite games what remains to be is Finch. Not in the sense that it's, A, it's a walking sip so I know people feel a certain way about that, and also it's not something like Doom. Like, at my job, at my laser tag place, a lot of people playing games, it's a game like, I could mention it to two people, I think, of, like, the dozens of people I know who work there, many of who are, who, who play dozens of hours of games a week. Uh, if they don't already know about some of these games, I feel like I couldn't, I could, I don't see a chance at recommending it to them, let alone people who I feel like just appreciate, like, Good narrative elsewhere outside of games and it's a very simple game but like even on top of it it's also very dark subject wise that i uh like not to say like oh this game's too dark you couldn't handle it but i this is a game i feel like a lot of people wouldn't be comfortable playing i know a lot of people who don't wouldn't bat, bat the eye and think that but i know you even said it at some point where you yeah th-
0: th- 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 because there is one scene that i i just really don't like um huh. Like it makes you uncomfortable
1: or like I'm I'm super curious about
0: it, that. It, it does it does make me I I really don't like it because it makes me uncomfortable. Um, which you can say means like, oh well that means it's working. And you would probably be right. But uh it's it's just the type of thing that like as I played through the scene I was just like, uh like I know what's happening here and I <laughs> I, I wish I wasn't dealing with it pretty much
1: uh-huh um, do you know about the game beyond that point no i
0: didn't know anything i played it all in one night um, oh you did play it all you did finish it i thought oh you yeah yeah no i i played the whole thing okay okay cool. um Boom. i i did this probably like i think i did it in the heat of covid so like some point in 2020
1: interesting no but... maybe i'm
0: wrong on that honestly
1: i have no clue uh, this claim for anyone listening who doesn't know exactly anything about uh what makes you think, it's a game that's just all about death and little vignettes of a family and going through basically the last moments of like several generations of this family's like last moments and some of them are very creatively told and some of them are uncomfortable you can see some of the deaths coming a mile away other ones sneak up on you all they all have you feel in a certain different way uh, a lot of mortality it's i think it's very fascinating
0: and it is i i respect that game a lot it's just not one of my favorites like it is a lot of other people's but that hits on something which is another thing that i think is almost a prerequisite for a video game story to hit for me nowadays is that there has to be some level of active discovery of the story so we're mm-hmm. talking Edith Finch, we're talking Gone Home, we're talking Outer Wilds, we're talking
1: Immortality. I do want to say here, Owen, I know you don't like hard games, but if there's ever a time you're feeling like, man, I need to play a game that's going to scratch this itch, you should just try Inscription. I know in I should.
0: I, account, so. I I did let... Well, actually, I, I don't technically know like the conclusions to things. I did let Inscription get spoiled for me. Oh, uh, I... Like what I, I don't want to spoil it here, I guess. I'm aware uh, that there... I'll i say it in vague terms. There are points where like the rug gets pulled out and it takes unexpected turns. And I,
1: I for the most part, know what those turns are. Do you know the context of those turns? And no. All, just at I don't okay. think so. I knew that too, going into this game. And this game still was surprising me left and right. Still. Oh okay. So you might you might still get uh some gut punches. Not god punches I guess. That's not the way that it, it could still uh turn its head and you can still be surprised and kind of awe and appreciate it. Especially uh it's a roguelike as well. So like it doesn't expect you to be a master of this card game and also the card game I think is fairly simple. I also and hear it's like a really good card game. It is. It was so good that they just released a mod, an official mod later. It's like okay, you can just play this. I, this I was talking to James about
0: that because uh, I, I James such a huge card game guy. I don't even think he... Mm-hmm. I'm not positive he beat Inscription. I think he just started playing that and uh, eventually the game makes you do other things and he decided, no, I don't want to. So he just <laughs> downloaded the mod and kept yeah. playing the card game.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, like the second portion of that game, like I... I I really didn't like the second portion of the game so much that I almost was tempted to look up a guide because that's the first part of the game with its card mechanics, I think is great uh, that anyone even with the slightest interest in cards could get into it and move through it unless you really just hate card games. So I don't know what to tell you there. But then if you got to the second part of the game with that mentality, you're done. Uh, Because what they decide to do there is just a bit too much. Uh, offer for people who who come in with that mindset. So uh I don't know. There's there's some highs and lows to the game, but it is definitely interesting narratively and mechanically and it is woven together. I Do want really cool
0: I want to give a shout out to a game I played last year and talked about a little bit is a visual novel style game called Overboard which Oh uh, I know. yeah yeah yeah. I mean it it kind of does the 12 minutes thing in a significantly Mm -hmm. more lighthearted way and a significantly better way from everything I've heard. I I never ended up playing 12 minutes, but, um, the, the pitch is that it's like in the thirties and you're on a cruise ship and you're a woman, uh, and you just murdered your husband. So it's all about the next day and how you're going to interact with all of the people on the boat and try and weasel your way out of getting found out. And there's like different milestones you could hit. I don't even think I hit all of them. Like I eventually found a way to get away scot-free, but because of different things that were admitted over time, like I didn't get the insurance payments for it and stuff. So Mm -hmm. like that there's a perfect run to get the insurance payments. And maybe there's even stuff beyond that, but it's not a very big game. Uh, You can go through a run of it in like 20 minutes, if that. And I, I would be shocked if there aren't like copycats of this game. Like I, I almost want to make a copycat one day because it just seems like such Mm -hmm. a good formula of, just pick your characters set up the premise and figure out a whole bunch of different ways that they can all talk to each other that's pretty much what the game is and uh i find it really interesting and it was it was effective for me of being just a really enjoyable narrative experience in a game
1: i feel like i owed myself to try that at least um because it does sound like a very interesting game and I've always talked about the different stuff always speaks out to me but here I am struggling to start immortality before anybody else a game I've been talking about for so long so ah sometimes sometimes it can feel like vegetables a little bit which it, it can be uh I know there's just one game on my mind I really want to do but I want I don't want to play it till December I just want to dive into another giant RPG uh the trails of the sky you know any of those games at all oh yeah if you heard the name at there's all there's a um one podcast i listen to
0: with the youtuber mr maddie plays on it mm-hmm. uh he is a trails fan and i mean every week he's playing a new one of these games somehow and every game is like 40 hours long yeah i don't know how he's doing it but you're signing up for like
1: 10 games i if am you go down that road I just want to play the first one because I started it. I would restart it because it's been so long. I played it like five years ago, started it, really liked it. The gameplay was cool. I was playing on the hardest difficulty and it made every random encounter a struggle that like just walking through like a regular forest where there wasn't even a boss battle. I'm crawling to the finish line of this forest and each battle is like a strategy kind of thing where like, it's it's not necessarily like a fire emblem per se, but their characters are kind of like on a grid based. They go in order, with enemies like based on certain speed levels. So you're not guaranteed to get like a full turn with your characters. But everyone is kind of moving around different like abilities. Uh, I think Disguise is maybe the most comparable game. I haven't played a Disguise game, but I generally know what that game is like. I don't know if if that means anything to you. If Nothing you know too much about this guy. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a fun twist on like a tactics kind of RPG that I've never really played a game like it before or not uh, all the way through. And I, I would just love to get into that and try try a new flavor of RPG. That's just I wouldn't say is a staple out there, but not something I've played. Uh, I definitely could go for a good RPG and RPGs. I feel like are in good shape right now. I haven't talked about triangle strategy much since it came out. What was at the time my game of the year? Uh, Still one of my favorites, and still really like the story, but I think they are delivering uh, to an extent to this day, which is good to see.
0: Um, The one thing I will say that I know about Trails is uh, with how many games there are, the claim he always makes on the pod is that he thinks there are, like, Avengers End Game level storytelling moments of how the games connect.
1: Ah oh, man, which
0: uh sounds like a bold claim because while while I'm a Marvel hater, I mean I I was on board for all of the first era up to up to Infinity
1: War and End Game, and I I think they pulled off those movies. Like like I'm I'm not a big superhero person either, but those moments when things come together are like the reasons why I like the MCU that I'm willing to go through all of the movies for, to see something kind of come together. Cool. Mm-hmm. Like, like I've heard some people say like roll their eyes about how like, Oh sure. When Cap picks up Thor's hammer and takes on like uh Thanos, like I thought that was very, very cool. And I, I got goosebumps from that. I was like, damn, that's, that's a cool scene. And just other little things of when everyone kind of comes together and people are tired of it to some level of building up a multiverse when it comes together, I think is really cool still sure maybe easy to get tired of it but something Uh, i like about rpg oh go on uh hold on to your thought
0: because i'm sorry for cutting you off i feel like i'm cutting you off a lot
1: um but uh
0: when it comes to those connections happening specifically in the mcu again i'm not sure in fact i i know for a fact i'm really not on
1: board to see the party trick done again Mm -hmm. um it depends on how substantial of a plot point it is if it's just a small easter egg like th- there's like something i remember pe- talking with peter about about a very small thing they referenced in like the first Doctor Strange that they pulled back for a bit and if they don't even like put a spotlight on it you wouldn't know it is a joke unless you remember a very specific line from the first Doctor Strange. i'm not talking about something like that sure that's cool fan service to those people who know it but those aren't the moments i'm talking like building up several stories like a coming up to one big moment where it is the infinity stone scattered throughout multiple movies Mm -hmm. and Thanos just building up to that like all these movies are truly integral building up to it not just like uh, you you understand a reference or a character shows up and like oh you needed to see the first movie where they had their origin story to know who they are it's like no that's just homework that's extended universe Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the big plays that is cool and I hope that's something like what Trails is delivering that sounds cool, like it could be.
0: Yeah, I I would especially be interested in seeing like a different property try and pull that off. Now I'm not mm-hmm. signing up to play these trails games, but you know, maybe I can live vicariously through you.
1: Maybe so. You I would, just also know like oh go on.
0: I was gonna say you were saying something about RPGs and then you started talking again and I cut you off again. I I should be in timeout.
1: Um I just want to say because RPGs have been good. RPGs, I feel like, are doing okay over the past couple of years. We've had some big winners. Uh, I think, granted, we haven't seen the full realization of it. And this is a 2017 game, so maybe it doesn't count. But we got near uh, a remake of uh, Nier Replicant slash Gestalt, which I think is very, very good. Very unique game. It's not something everyone's going to enjoy. Because that's, that's the one example where when people say, oh, you have to get multiple endings and replay the game, that's the one where it's to a t yes you are doing stuff over and over again where things are not different just to get minor things different at the end but it does come together if you really are investing in the time and that's asking a lot but rpg fans uh they're willing to put in the time i think they really does deliver i think people say dragon quest freaking dragon quest i'm not going to talk about dragon quest here if some some people might say that i'll throw it out there People like that Dragon Quest game. Whatever it is. Uh, I'm not one of those people. Uh, But. Triangle Strategy. I thought that was really cool early this year. Uh, And I haven't talked about that a lot. And we were talking about uh, Neon White. Going back to try to get a perfect ending. I still never got the best ending. In Triangle Strategy. Because that's just. I, I feel like. Very neon white. That's something I could totally see myself. Oh, blasting through every mission real quick to see if I can fix the social links or whatever the systems are in that. Sure, but fully fledged tactics maps, doing those over again—that's a different story. Very different story. And of course, you know, like three another one that's really hitting this year specifically. Uh, I'm glad. I'm glad JRPGs aren't falling off the face of the earth. Like, uh, I'm glad. We are still getting good JRPGs. Seven Remake is also kind of interesting. uh, An interesting one to talk about. I don't want to, I don't know if I want to put it on like the cream of the crop because it does have a bit of a slog throughout it. Some, some pacing issues where it feels like there's a lot of padding, but curious to see where they want to go with that and do it with uh, that story.
0: I, uh, I think I do plan on going back to that game at some point just so that I can get the full extent of the story. It's been a long time since I've played it, but I feel I still kind of feel like I remember it enough and where I left off that I could probably just kind of resume from an easy difficulty and, and
1: blast mm-hmm. through the end. Um, I, I do think that's a game. Like As much as we're here to talk about story... Uh, I think gameplay shines way brighter than story does, but it sets itself up for something really interesting. I say interesting as someone who likes convoluted plots, and 7 Remake seems like it's going to want to get convoluted in a messy JRPG fashion that not everyone's going to really be there for. I mean, there's some uh, FF7 purists that probably that are out there, are upset that they're taking liberties here uh, to do things so differently, but it's its own trilogy. It's setting up exactly. its exactly. It's
0: that they turned FF seven into a series. Yeah, and the idea of calling it remake was just. I mean, it was a lie. It's not a remake. It's it's mm-hmm. completely different. And if you want to play, what what you think is the original FF seven, uh, that's still an option. It's available on almost every console. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think it's cool what they're doing, and it would at this point it would almost be disappointing if they followed everything to a T.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you have anything else to say about RPGs? There's only one game I want to bring up
0: more, and we can hop off of this uh, this topic here. Technically, I mean a lot of people think that Cyberpunk 2077 as as a Western RPG has a good story. I just didn't like the gameplay so much in that game that I fell off. Um, mm-hmm. Although I, like they they were doing some interesting stuff. I just don't. the other thing that didn't work for me is like the edgy cyberpunk style and Johnny mm-hmm. Silverhand is really angry about everything and he's angry about the man and uh, mm-hmm. the man who's controlling the government and like it just
1: not for me. Uh, I think it'd be really cool if they add a mod where it's like, we added other lines from Keanu Reeves movies into Johnny's dialogue. (laughs) Sometimes he's just a really silly guy. (laughs) I would love that.
0: That that would Uh, be really funny. And before you make one last uh, game point, I just want to say I'm looking at my 2022 list of what I've played so far. And I have played good story games, but they're all older. I, I played Undertale, played Outer mm. Wilds, I played Spec Ops The Line. Um, and then the only game from this year that is story-based is Immortality. And it seems like almost every other game I've played, I'm like actively avoiding stories. Like mm. Donkey Kong. Not much for a story there.
1: Uh, Their island got taken over.
0: <clears throat> it did. So, there, there's something going on, but but mm-hmm. I would hardly call it a narrative game. Something like Pokemon Legends that I never finished, I I definitely no. did not care about no. the story. I, I just wanted to hang out in fields and, and throw Pokeballs to Pokemon. That's all I wanted to do.
1: That's the way to go about it. You're, no, you're doing nothing wrong there. Um, I, I look at last year. Right. I see a couple. Two we haven't talked about. I, the one game I want to give a shout out for in the RPGs is Final Fantasy fourteen. One day I will return. I can talk about you one day, but technical limitations and such. Uh, blah, blah, blah. But Life is Strange, True Colors, Psychonauts 2, I think Psychonauts 2, I think, is one word is very cream of the crop. True Colors is just another good Life is Strange game. Uh, I say great. I say another good one, but it's 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 very good. But Psychonauts 2, I think, is what I really want to talk about, where We're talking about uh, narrative and gameplay really woven together. I think that does a great job. Do you think so?
0: Yes, it does. Um, While I'm still not as hot on that game as you and Peter were, the fact that all of the levels are designed around what what is the story inside each character's mind, Mm -hmm. it... It lends itself well. It is definitely a good marriage of the two.
1: Very compelling. And the game has a strong sense of humor where I feel like there aren't a lot of games that when they try to be funny, are actually really consistently funny. Or are not just making the same like three, four jokes over and over again. But Psychonauts like 2 does not do that. Same kind of type of humor, I think, throughout it, but uh unique in the sense. It's a double fine sense of humor and I think it's nice to have that kind of option out there. Something that's totally different. I think that's, that's part of the
0: divide on psychonauts two for me because you were more in the middle. Than I know, I know what, and Peter was on. I didn't personally find psychonauts two as funny. Yeah. I found a lot of psychonauts one to be very funny.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like actual laugh out loud funny for me at points in psychonauts one um and that it just never really hit me that much in
1: psychonauts two uh i like i don't think necessarily i ever like had like burst out laughing but like i was always uh charmed by it some of the jokes are getting uh whenever dugan is mentioned is always funny dugan not really present in two, so which is to see him. a major Problem.
0: disappointment. And also, i I still can't believe it that like P- Peter
1: just like hated him, and i th- I thought he was hilarious. Yeah, he was he was hilarious. And this is a good reason Peter's not here. So he, if, we, if Peter was here, we would lose twenty minutes of the podcast hit him defending why he hates Dugan, and we'd just be like, all right, whatever, Peter. You can go hate Dugan. you would have to put his foot down. And really rub it into Dugan's face, but Dugan doesn't deserve that here. Uh, B and Y certified, good character Dugan. Day. Um, I think we could list a whole bunch of other games if we wanted to just do like a highlight reel. I just like because we're we're hitting the two and a half hour mark, which go us. I don't think a two man podcast has reached this length before, so I, we're, we got something here.
0: I don't think so either. We've taken advantage of the pretentious episode, so do you want to do games that like we've played that we would label as being a strong narrative and then and then get out of here um do we want to th- put a year limit on it
1: I think we've we've just been like if there's any like last couple mentions we want to have, I have two that I, I feel like I don't even have to mention these two because I've talked about them so much on the pod over over time uh um, um, that I don't need to say too much more about them.
0: I honestly, I've looked through a lot, and I, I don't think I have a ton more to bring up. And I was, I was willing to try and meet you halfway if you had a whole list, but mm-hmm. uh, just two.
1: One of them, Outer Wilds, and we've already talked about that a little on this episode specifically. Uh, great game. Nothing is like it. Uh, a game where, like the the theme here is uh, with these narratives, I think is really just gameplay and narrative really melting together to define the experience and not just feeling like a disconnect jump between the two where a lot of the sony games which i feel like really carried the band like the mantle of strong narrative and games in the early 2010s uh helped define there and we've come a while or we've come farther from that to really uh to really show what we can do in this medium with games and the stories they tell Agree. Uh, the only other one I would mention is 13 Sentinels, He just assume, which I, to this day I on my deathbed, I, I truly do stand by that this game is passing the test of time, and I feel just as strongly. Are, about are you sure you've ever talked about this game? I don't know. I don't know. At least once I can confirm that, but I don't need to say too much more. And if, if you've listened to the pod for a long time, you know I have fought Peter and Owen tooth and nail for this, but if you're just now hearing me talk about this game, uh, one of the coolest visual novels out there uh where i want to i like i feel like i'm i'm stirring from what i know about immortality i want to make a cut like i'd be able to compare a game like immortality to 13 sentinels but of course i haven't played it and it's very baseless right now but i have a hunch i might be able to make a connection between the two and that will also help capitalize why 13 sentinels is so special if That connection can make the landing so stay tuned okay when i actually play it
0: last question before we end here Uh uh-huh do you have any idea what immortality is is doing or what it's about
1: i just imagine it is what her story was doing right on steroids it is not because that in her story it is just you get disconnected clips of interviews and you have to piece a story together except Instead of using keywords, you're clicking on props and actors and actresses. Uh, That'll take you to one of three movie clips. And I know there are also clips that aren't from the movies, the three movies, sprinkled within there. And you have to discern what is uh, and isn't part of the movies and just put the mystery together of what happened to this actress, what happened to these movies and her story is very similar where you're kind of getting these clips, and it's like it's just interviews of this one girl. But like the more that you you watch it or like go through these clips, you just wonder more and more about the stories you're hearing, the identity of the person you're even looking at, and just you're not you you have so many theories going through, just like what is happening here. I feel like I have a lot of information that not necessarily contradicts itself, but could lead me to believe multiple things are happening, and. I imagine immortality is doing something on that level but way more intricate than her story was and I'm very curious to see what that is like, Okay, to see really where that goes that's my expectation there and with that in mind I think I can make some connections to 13 Sentinels you just read.
0: Okay. I uh I'm a little worried of of almost hyping it up too much cuz I mean you you've been known to take the may, maybe it's not as good as everyone thinks for out and I mean, the ball is on a tee for you. Me and Peter mm-hmm. both like it. You you can take the swing at that ball if you want to, but uh, I don't know. I I think you'll be you'll be pretty impressed by it.
1: I think I, the worst case scenario, I will appreciate it for what it is. It is not something I will have played anything like versus like her story, of course. Uh, I don't think it could possibly be a miss. I don't think maybe like worst case scenario uh it's not it's not re- like it's not a reinvention of something that i've never played before like oh this is like just better her story i think is the worst takeaway i could have or i just like i think the story sucks and i don't like the plot but the game is interesting but i don't think that'll happen either um i think the question we seek we were seeking before is looking at game narratives today and really trying to piece where it's at i think we can say it's in good shape there's a lot of cool game narratives that have come out do they come out all the time are there a lot of misses yeah there are but a lot of different flavors of it i even i did we didn't get to go into control which i think is a whole different game uh we've talked we have a whole episode talking about it sure but in this lens i don't think we have and it's very different but uh, um, i don't think we really have too much time to dive I, into that
0: uh, my my quick thoughts is that it's it's a total failure in this department
1: yeah it's world building i think that's really cool and that's a big thing games can capitalize on it is like rpgs really do like you mentioned before that you like like a game feeling you're going to go visit a city again rpgs thrive on that i think something like control also thrives on that but it is not a 60 hour experience it is that baked into a 10 hour experience okay
0: I keep extending out whoa, when we're about to end the episode, but I I have what I need to declare as my final take because, you know, I would like to go to bed. But um, here is why I generally gravitate more towards movies and TV shows for stories, and it's also why I love Red Dead Redemption 2 so much. I'm a character guy. Mm -hmm. If I don't like the characters, then I generally don't like the story. So I can look at something like control and think objectively what they've built with the oldest house is impressive and cool, but the oldest house doesn't save that game for me because the characters just aren't good. Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason I'm able to overlook what, what I would say are a, a good amount of flaws within Red Dead 2 as a game, I'm able to overlook it because I think Arthur Morgan is
1: actually the best character that I've ever played as in a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's up there. I think he's he slowly... Beca- I say Slowly. I need to replay that game to find out if he's one of my favorite protagonists because he could be. He really, really could be. I
0: I think he's like
1: definitively mine. Mm-hmm.
0: I I'm not one even sure who would dethrone ra- him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. But but that's it. Uh. In order for there to be good characters, it feels like games need to go down the the cutscene route more. But most of the time, they fail at that. Uh. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. If you're going to take the shot, you got to make sure that you hit it. Because if you miss the shot, then I'm I'm probably
1: just not going to like your game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I think a lot of the games we talked about are very character-driven. The only other game that is also character-driven, I would say, that we are criminals for not mentioning. Even though it's only two parts of a game, but Deltarune. The extension of what undertale is today i still haven't played yeah. it so i i could not mention it for you it's it's great and it's very funny it is just so so very funny i definitely need to play it soon yeah. i mean you might if you don't know a lot about it it might even be worth holding out and playing everything the next chunk of Deltarune they plan on putting out is three chapters at once so if you could go through five chapters of the game all at once honestly it could be a- a way more phenomenal experience. I kind
0: of... I don't know how they would make the distinction. I kind of like making the distinction that, like, each chapter is just a game. Like, sure, it can be a short game.
1: Mm -hmm. But... I think think I'm glad I waited for chapter two, if I'm being honest, because I think one is a cool idea of, like, promising what it's going to be, but two, I think, is so many steps above. And getting to play them back-to-back was... I think definitely the best, the, the better way to do it. But of course, you did games that games like uh, uh, Delta and Undertale, they don't come out very often. So, I, I of course I wouldn't blame someone for diving in seeing what Toby Fox is up to. But uh, if you have it in you Owen, I say try holding it out, and you might be rewarded for an even better experience.
0: We'll see. We'll see. I, I mean, it might just slip my mind enough that that ends up happening naturally. Yeah. All
1: right. The music, though, you've probably listened to
0: plenty of it. Yes, so I that's have. Yeah.
1: Um, we gotta end this episode. True. We. Uh, I think we can close it here by saying games in the past five years. I think story wise, we're still we're still doing cool things, uh, and, and we're doing more. some
0: uncool things as
1: well, and some uncool things. Not everything always lands. Some of it is the same old, same old, but doing it well. But there are cool new things still happening. Uh, and I think we just have to keep waiting, see what more people want to do. But this is a, a realm I don't of games I don't think is necessarily super stale, where I think it's easy to say there's a lot of parts of games that are feeling kind of stale. Like you were saying before, there's a lot of videos out there of games aren't the same anymore. I don't think it's an uncommon feeling for a lot of people who have grown up with games. But... Neat stuff still out there, everybody. Game narratives still alive, and we we still appreciate them here at BNY. Peter doesn't though, that's why he's not here.
0: <laughs> All right, we uh, we really took advantage of the pretentious episode today. I had a good time. That this might be the type of thing like this can't this can't happen more than once a year, <laughs> but having <laughs> having almost a three hour episode just the two of us just
1: spewing ego back and forth at each other <laughs> um i think it is well founded i <laughs> think uh i think if anyone wants to throw rocks at our takes i i will happily endure their rocks you know i say what i say you can't knock me off of my soapbox here i agree
0: the spend being my gaming episode 77 and uh keep playing warzone everyone yeah keep playing warzone guys